My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Damn right. And today it's a WNR 131, episode 131, and it's a WWE Network review for November. We've got our live shows. Tomorrow on Saturday, we will have NXT TakeOver War Games, the, the kickoff. And then on Sunday night, Dan, we've got Survivor Series, haven't we? We have, yes. T- uh, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown going head to head. In what should be an explosive pay-per-view. And we'll be there at 10 o'clock for our live kickoff. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and across all the uh, social media platforms. We're going to have lots of things that we're going to do. Lots of games, lots of fun. Uh, but anyway, let's start on with today's show. Like I say, it's one three one, And then we start every show now. It's the alternate intro. Oh, don't you dare be sour. Clap. For your well-famous four-time champs and feel the power. It's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> so there we go. New content and the new collections for the WWE Network for November. And we start off with, and weirdly enough, it's what's new to the WWE Network. And with this regularly updated collection, you can always find the latest programming added to the network from the most recent pay-per-views to the newest original shows to weekly episodes of NXT and 205 Live. So basically, what we do every week. (laughs) Basically, yeah, they're just trying to rip off the greatest podcast of the WNR. (laughs) Exactly, we are the WNR Review. Every month we, we do this, basically. But now there's a collection that you can pick on and what we talk about, you can get there. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, the rivalry. Now, we've uh, looked at this one in depth this week on the Survivor Series 1997 one. So, this is basically a Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels rivalry. Uh, the next collection added to the network was, Dan? AJ Styles, Beyond Phenomenal. It was. And considered one of the greatest sports entertainers alive, the quest to be the best led AJ Styles straight to the bright lights of the WWE. Relive the meteoric rise of the Phenomenal One. With this WWE Network collection and see why he's been dubbed the face that runs the place. From his rivalry with Chris Jericho to his first WWE Championship victory to action-packed encounters with Kevin Owens and to one of AJ Styles' favourite things to do, beat up John Cena. Join the club and be part of this action of the action with this too sweet collection. Yeah, there is there's so much stuff in this collection. It's basically all of AJ Styles' pay-per-view matches since joining the WWE. Next collection, Ric Flair. Woo! Forever the man. After styling and profiling through the 1980s, Ric Flair went on to cement his legacy as one of the greatest of all time. The dirtiest player in the game, captured championships, owned WWE, formed evolution, battled legends, and was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. Twice. 
Flair's influence trans- transcended generations, earned him the respect and admiration of all who witnessed him walk the aisle. To quote the nature boy himself, man, woo, you have to beat the man. Woo. And this WWE Network collection proves that Ric Flair will forever be the man. I mean, when you consider the matches on here, it's, but it's, it's everything you would want for a later Ric Flair career. And the other latest uh, collection there? Uh, there's new classic content with this latest offering of more than 90 new episodes of world-class championship wrestling. WWE is the only place to relive the full history of the popular Texas promotion. In this classic content collection, get a small taste of the newest release with 10 full episodes of WCW featuring classic moments like the Freebirds in a steel cage match for the Tag Team Championship, the Ultimate Warrior defending the Texas Heavyweight Championship, Bruiser Brody versus Abdullah the Butcher, and the emotional triumph of Kerry Von Erich as the modern-day warrior heavyweight championship. That's a brilliant moment because uh, the Von Erichs, one of the most tragic families in wrestling history, lost one of their brothers, and Kerry Von Erich won it as a tribute to him. Also, Bruiser Brody was featured in one of controversial characters. You can go back and have a look at him in action there against Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, the Tribute to the Troops collection has been added. And they say it's the most important WWE event of the year. I say they say. This is what WWE Network have put. I, I do not agree with that. Tribute to the Troops is WWE's way of honouring the sacrifices of servicemen and women and have made for their country. Yano Holloway tradition brings together the best of sports, entertainment and pop culture and is considered TV's most patriotic and heartwarming show of the year. Damn it. WWE Network is the only place to relive all 14 previous tributes to the troops before we say thank you again this year on Thursday, December 14th. And coming in December, we've got WWE Match of the Year, Sami Zayn and Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. Yeah, so, I mean, the collections are a good thing. And another one they've got as well is Flashback Fridays. They have different ones every Fridays. And in 1995, a colossal force known as only the Giant made his unforgettable debut with World Championship Wrestling. 20 years later, the Big Show continues his dominance in the world of professional wrestling. So it's basically 22 years of the Big Show. Well, well, WWE 24 Goldberg is coming out Monday. And uh, we'll have a, a quick look at it next week, hopefully at some point. And we're going to talk about Raw and SmackDown from November 6th to November 7th for the Never in Manchester, England, England. And uh, let me see if I can uh, stir up some controversy. We'll find out. Right, so Raw. So, Dan, it's time for your... Raw report. Yes, my report of Raw. Yeah, all right. So, uh, November 6th. Dan, check it away. As you said, WWE was in Manchester, England, England. And anyone expecting a show lacking newsworthy moments was instead surprised by the revelation of a major championship switch. Two new additions to Team Raw for Survivor Series. All right, so we started the show with Kurt Angle and he joins Miz TV. And the Miz kicked off this week's show with another edition of Miz TV. Word to watch, Miz TV. Before he introduced his guest, he unloaded on his Survivor Series opponent, Baron Corbin, whose comments on Twitter regarding his family infuriated the Intercontinental Champion. He vowed to beat Corbin and make his United States Championship prestigious for once. He introduced Raw General Manager Kurt Angle, who discussed the Survivor Series pay-per-view. Miz, however, was not so supportive of his boss. He accused Angle of locking SmackDown GM Daniel Bryan in the dressing room with Kane, something SmackDown would not be happy about. He suggested that the blue brand may even attack during this show. Well, he also accused Angle of setting him up to get demolished by Strowman last week. Angle's response, scheduled a match between the Miz and Strowman tonight. Well, the Miz openly begged Angle 
but the GM left. Well, I think it was quite a good segment. I think the Miz has a loudmouth heel whose constant fall in the side of a 40 figure is always great. Miz has a conniving, snivelling heel who always tries to weasel his way out of punishment for being a pain in the ass. is even better. His interactions with Angle were exactly what you'd want out of a bad guy and that he talked a big game. All this way into a match with Strowman that is almost certainly to end with his being beauty- brutally and mercilessly punished. Well, perhaps the most important recordman for a match the WWE creative has not done much of anything to build to this point. The personal edge, the far behind Mrs. Word, helped add a bit of heat to the ordeal. And we saw these two exchanging uh, Twitter promos, didn't we? It weren't too bad. Well, yeah, you know, the Twitter promos have been quite good. But aside from that, Corbin's not exactly the most strongest on the mic, is he? No, he's not. Right, what was the next match? <laughs> the was... next match, James. First match, even. Oh, well, the first match, yes. It was a guitar on a pole match. It's not a Judy Bagwell on a pole match. <laughs> That was uh, that was something that they probably inspired the idea from. But no, this was a guitar on a pole match. Well, we've seen several exchanges between these two. As Elias hit Jordan over the shoulder with a guitar. And it's kind of led to this after they've had a few run-ins. But, um... Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Smell it. Uh... <clears throat> yeah, in several instances, the superstar had his opponent down with nothing left to do but to retrieve the guitar. Both failed. But late on, Jordan grabbed the guitar but wasn't was unable to use it for the win. No, Jordan grabbed the guitar from the pole. But then after it being dropped and either man using uh, the guitar as a weapon, like they got stopped by their opponent, then finally Jordan grabbed the guitar, used it for the win. Yeah, broke it over Elias' back for the victory. Uh, I mean, this was fine, but it's hardly the right outcome. Uh, Elias, or GPD, is more coveted superstar at this point because he generates legitimate heel heat and could do so with a simple strumming of a guitar. Yes, but Jordan, he is a solid in-ring competitor but continues to lack character growth, making his win a bit more hollow. Yeah, well, uh, after that was Oscar in action. Yes, and uh, Oscar was going against a local competitor in Stacey Coates. She absolutely obliterated her. Yeah, I mean, watching Oscar demolish an opponent be awesome. And this is how Oscar should be. And at the end of that, crazy as a fox, Alicia Fox <laughs> came on the Titantron after the match saying that, you know, she needs Oscar in the team. Well, I'll tell you what, the revelation that Oscar will be part of Team Rocks 5 Series is interesting. And like what you said, it sets up a scenario where I want it to be 5-1 on one against her and she destroys SmackDown. It has to be, you well, know. Well, did you know that the current Survivor Series record is a 4-1 on one winning? I think Roman Reigns... It reigns has, with a record, yeah. ...has got the rec- or another record for Roman Reigns. Next up was Titus O'Neil against Samoa Joe. We saw Samoa Joe return last week and he completely walked over Apollo Crews. And then after the match, uh, Joe didn't relinquish the Kikina clutch. And then he got Titus O'Neil in the Kikina clutch from behind, thus setting up a match between the two this week. But before the match could start, Joe attacked the babyfaces during their entrance. He sent Cruz off the stage and trapped O'Neill in the Kikina clutch. Referees were able to convince him to break the hold before determined, ferocious, vicious competitor made his way to the ring. Microphone in hand, he issued an open challenge for a fight, which was answered by none other than... Finn Balor. Wow, but before we go on that, re-establishing Joe as a take-no-prisoners badass is exactly what the Raw Creative team needs to do if it wishes to create the momentum he had before his untimely. And this work, two mid-carders will not be hurt in any way were sacrificed, and it set up a marquee match coming out of the break. Well, Joe controlled the middle of the match against his former NXT foe. 
He wore Balor down using his size and advantage to keep the Irishman grounded. The former Universal Champion fought his way back into the match, though, and was rolling late when he caught Joe with a boot to the face. As a submission specialist scurried to the floor to regroup, Balor took off across the ring and wiped his opponent out. Between the two broke out to the point that security was necessary to pull them apart. Cat Angle appeared. He said he liked the fire and fight of the superstars and named Joe and Balor to Team Raw Survivors. You two guys hate each other. You're on the same team. <laughs> it worked for Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, it did, it did. Well, Balor backed off, seemingly happy with the announcement, then delivered a flying forearm that wiped Joe and the security team out, and i got to admit, that was pretty cool. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not only was the match competitive, the best thing on the show to this point, it also ended the addition of two superstars to Team Raw and ignited a rivalry that could carry into the new year if Raw is lucky. Well, Balor and Joe have established history as hinted at by the commentary team and incredibly in-ring chemistry. A series of matches between them while management figures out exactly what it wants to do with the two would benefit them. Up next was a tag team match between Sasha Banks and Bailey going against Alicia Fox. And Nia Jax, who seemingly hasn't walked out of the company. No, she's back. Banks and Bailey battled Jackson Fox in a tag team action, determined to prove they belong on Team Raw at Survivor Series. The Hills isolated Banks, keeping her grounded and away from the very popular Bailey. And the crowd was absolutely loving Bailey, singing a Hey, Hey, Bailey oh, chant. Oh, that's good. Though she was definitely lapping it up. She eventually made the tag, but it meant nothing because the Hills continued their dominance. The physically superior Jacks tossed her to the ringside area and taunted the audience heading into the break. Well, back from the commercial, Fox had Bailey grounded in the sleeper. Jax re-entered the ring and worked over a long-term rival, cutting off a comeback attempt. The elusive Bailey dodged the hills late and finally made the hot tag to Banks. The boss exploded into the match and mere out to the bank statement. After the match, Fox got on the mark and said she needed Banks on her team. More about Bailey. She didn't say anything about Bailey. The <laughs> match wasn't too great. We didn't really get out of first gear, but you know why WWE refused the opportunity to put Bailey over in front of the most receptive crowd to her character in months is a big mystery. Yeah, why is it opted to have Fox make Banks a member of Team Raw, but not Bailey? Is another one that will probably play into the former NXT Women's Champion overcoming the odds and finding a way into the match. Thus, proving WWE creative still has no idea why Bailey was rejected earlier this year, and Jax still feels like a competitor. Spinning her wheels at a time when she should be thriving in championship contention. Well, up next, the product of the Intercontinental Championship Champions, Big Mouth. The match between The Miz and Braun Strowman hit the airways next. But not before a recap of the Monster Among Men's last few weeks. Well, we saw him returning in the back of a dumpster <laughs> yeah. in a completely different country. In a completely different <laughs> coloured dumpster. I know. But, you yeah, know, who am no, I to argue? They took him to the uh, the landfill and he came back on another one. There we go. That's right. <laughs> Miz predictably stalled early, wanting nothing to do with his massive opponent. And the Miz Taraj attempted to interfere, but Strowman cut them off. He took off after Miz, who rolled to ringside one more time. Well, Strowman finally get his hands on the Miz and tossed him across the ring. He manhandled Miz repeatedly, tossing him with reckless abandon. He punched Bo Dallas's lights out of ringside, threw Curtis Axel into the guardrail and was left standing tall when all of a sudden Kane's music played and the big red monster made his way to the ring. Yes, the monstrous competitors battled briefly before Strowman flattened Kane with a running power slam, only for Kane to sit right up. The Miz turned and attacked Strowman from behind. Strowman fought back and left the trio lying while Kane disappeared from the equation. 
Well, as a display of showman's destruction, this worked really well. The monster among men looked like a force that no number of superstars can actually combat. His rivalry with Kane may be appealing to those fans who, who appreciate the heavyweight clashes. This writer is more interested in the dynamic as... In, more interested... This writer is much more interested in the dynamic of Miz and his lackeys as antagonists for the big man. Well, as it stands, the match between Kane and Strowman should be fun, but the potential for more engaging programmes there if WWE Creative opts to revisit it. And then what was the match afterwards? Up next was uh, the great British competitor, Pete Dunne, going against the twat, Enzo. And Amore cut a long-winded promo Monday night as commentator Corey Graves threatened to take a nap, and I actually did as well. It was obnoxiously long, ending only when Kalisto arrived on the scene, interrupting the promo not a moment too soon. Yeah, but the good news is WWE United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne made his raw debut, the opponent for Amore, as announced by Kurt Angles. The fans in Manchester were understandably red-hot for Dunn as he made his way to the squared circle. Amore physically decimating and picking apart the certified twat. Amore wasted... Amore wrested control for reasons that make no sense and nearly scored a tainted pinfall with his feet draped across the ropes. Pete Dunn recovered quickly and put Enzo Amore's... And put an end to Amore's night with a bitter end. So fucking Pete Dunn needs his distraction for Kalisto to pick up a win... All right, that's, I mean, we, we, we see what happened on 205 Live the next night with Tyler Bate. I mean, for fuck's sake, you know? Well, Dan's winning was the right move and a treat for the Manchester fans. Yeah, but otherwise, this match served only to further the ongoing rivalry between Amor and Kalisto. Nothing more. Main event for the night was Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose going against Sheamus and Cesaro after Sheamus and Cesaro said, look, has had an opportunity to win titles from their other counterparts to prove that they are the best team for Raw and, you know, to go ahead to the Raw versus SmackDown pay-per-view at SummerSlam. And so Angle reluctantly agreed to let Sheamus and Cesaro have another match against Ambrose and Rollins. That's fair enough, though, isn't it? That's fair enough. Sheamus and Cesaro came out wearing... uh, Liverpool rivalry <laughs> yeah. between Liverpool and Man yeah. United and Seamus is also a Liverpool fan as well. Yeah, I mean, that helps. I mean, the thing is, if it were United City, they would have got a few boos either way. But to do Liverpool, I thought that was a real touch of class. <laughs> <laughs> Before the match could get started, it was announced on commentary that Roman Reigns will return to action next week. Big dog! Yay. Ambrose took the fight right to Seamus while Rollins wiped out Cesaro at ringside. A double-teamed sling blade by Rollins led to a brief near fall. The frantic pace of the champions kept the audience invested, which included suicide dives that wiped challengers out at ringside. Well, Sheamus and Cesaro wrestled control, working over Ambrose briefly before the baby faces once again seized the upper hand ahead of the commercial break. It was short-lived as the hills isolated the lunatic fringe and worked him over, much to the chagrin of the fans looking to see a successful title defence. Rollins received the hot tag and exploded into the match, unleashing anyone in his path. A big uppercut. From Cesaro, stopped his opponent's momentum and nearly earned him a victory. At ringside, Sheamus and Cesaro laid Ambrose out while Doomsday Device inside the ring and the challengers only a two count. Two. The action broke down and Ambrose delivered dirty deeds. A frog smash by Rollins nearly ended the match were it not for a well-timed breakup by Cesaro. Well, suddenly the New Day's music played, interrupting the proceedings. Kofi Kingston bigging the audience and adjusted the fans as the superstars involved in the match looked around. Fearing Raw, once again, 
under siege, and that's quite funny. They came out and said we were under siege too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. Well, the raw roster poured into the arena. And a distraction allows Sheamus to deliver the bro kick to Rollins, leading to a stunning championship change. Yeah, I mean, it was quite incredible when I saw the news on Tuesday. Uh, I, I couldn't believe the tag titles had changed hands there. I mean, I had said a couple of weeks ago, well, before TLC, to take the titles off Ambrose and Rollins if they're going to be part of the Shield and have the bar defending. This close to Survive series, when a match between them and the Usos was one of the bright spots on an underwhelming card, it was one of those matches I was actually looking forward to, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, most definitely. But luckily, a showdown between the Bar and the Usos is likely to be just as good. My favourite bit of when the Raw roster poured out into to ringside. What? Do you know who the first three men out was together? Who? It was Balor and Bar the Club. Oh, what? Uh... So all three members of the Balor Club <laughs> came out together. Anson Gallows and Balor. Anson Gallo, Gallows and Balor. Fucking yeah. hell. Which I thought was quite good. But, I mean, at what point does W Crate have to have a look at the Shield reunion? It's use of everyone involved and question, why the fuck it bothered in the first? Well, the New Day's interference sets up a potential showdown with the Shield, a match that could steal the entire Survivor Series pay-per-view. I mean, are you looking forward to the New Day versus the Shield at Survivor Series if it happens? Yeah, it should <laughs> should be a good match. Uh, two teams of three, and, you know, the New Day could say, look, we're the longest reigning tag champs. In the modern era. We thought that was going to be an eventful show of the week. And then, on November 7th, we had W Smackdown. So, Dan, it's now time for your... Smackdown summary. <laughs> Take it away. Well, Shane McMahon promised to get payback for Kane's attack on Daniel Bryan. He welcomed the New Day, whom he praised for charging into Raw on Monday. Kingston, Langston and Woods celebrated their invasion of the rival brand. Well, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn stepped out to ridicule them. Zayn blamed the commissioner for the two of them not making the Survivor Series team. The New Day fired back with insults. To settle things, McMahon booked a match between Zayn and Kingston. I mean, while this was a solid entertainment value here, there wasn't a ton of storyline advancement. Five of these guys aren't booked for Survivor Series. <laughs> and he's a general manager. Yeah. Uh, the scene did plant seeds of Owens and Zayn storming into the event to take down McMahon, though. One would think the New Day would be more vocal about wanting to be on the pay-per-view card. The former champs obviously care about this brand war thing, yet didn't request an opportunity to represent Team SmackDown with less than two weeks until the event. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? But we had our first match of the show, which led into that, and it was Sami Zayn versus Kofi Kingston. Well, early on, Kingston and Zayn traded heavy with Matt Wrestling. Zayn suckered the high flyer in and was able to take control. He was able to ground Kingston, slowing the bout down. A crossbody allowed Kingston to score the win, but he didn't have time to celebrate. Owens attacked him after the bell. The New Day ran him off, however. Well, Zayn and Kingston showed some good chemistry, even though there were a few moments where the thing seemed slightly off. Kingston threw in a fun new springboard move that would be great to see become a regular part of his moveset. The New Day showed its usual unity too. Well, if the trio is going to face the Shield, it's smart to get one of their members the win. And I'll... Well, do you know the yeah. actual background story I've got, to this? I've got, well, the thing is about that match, we have got the background story after we do the SmackDown results. So, so while Zayn and Owens uh, yeah, kicked off the Yeah, I've got... We, we're gonna, what we're going to do, we're going <coughs> to... Loads of detail about the European tour coming up. But I should say to you, Dan, happy... <laughs> it's <laughs> Rusev Day! <laughs> Rusev Matraka! Rusev ha <laughs> Yes, one of my favourites, Rusev, was in action against someone. (laughs) (laughs) Who who was it? Who was it? Who was going against the greatest ever in-ring performer, 
Randy Orton. A victory for Rusev would award him a spot on SmackDown Survivor Series team. And Aiden English introduced Rusev via song. The Lion of Bulgaria bowled over Randy Orton once the bell rang. He seemed assured to win before Orton hit an RKO. i got to say something as well, because... <clears throat> so before we move on, the, uh, John Cena has been announced as the newest member of Survivor Series team. Did you see the Rusev tweet? The Rusev tweet. Uh... <laughs> right. He's, uh, Rusev said, congrats to my friend John Cena, who qualified for the Survivor Series fair and square. Go get them, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> What looks set to be a showcase of Rusev's power and aggression turned to the head-scratcher of a booking move. Rusev would be great fit for Team SmackDown. He's in need of increase in spotlight and some direction. He now gets nothing. Well, WWE has made a clear effort to play up the power of the RKO of late. It's essentially the only move Orton hit here and he won regardless. If only WWE spread that kind of love to stars who needed it more. Oh, you're right about that, Dan. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Orton doesn't need it, but he gets it anyway because he's that damn good. We had this Becky Lynch versus James Ellsworth. Yes. <laughs> Come on, take it away. Uh, Naomi, Tamina, Lana and Charlotte Flair watched on from ringside as Carmella accompanied Ellsworth down the entrance ramp. Lynch chased down Ellsworth, the former jobber, mocked his foe. The Irish last kicker responded with fast-paced offence. Yeah, but Ellsworth had his moments. Come on. But then again, Lynch mostly whipped him <laughs> convincingly. He tried to retreat, but Flair and others forced him back in. Lynch was waiting for him and put him down with a disarmor. James Ellsworth tapped out soon, and uh, Carmella followed up with a kick to Ellsworth. Well, no chin music. No chin music. Well, certainly no in-ring classic. This was still fun and an engaging match. A heavy dose of comedy melded with a display of Lynch's strengths. Well, did you hit one of it, uh, Ellsworth's lines was, we're in a city called Manchester, not Womanchester. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, I've got to say, uh, <laughs> but uh, Ellsworth begging off Lynch as well at the end was classic Hill stuff. Uh, Ellsworth represent the kind of men who dismiss women athletes. He's got his comeuppance as Lynch stood up to misogyny. As a bonus, the SmackDown women look united ahead of Survivor Series. They did indeed, yes. And uh, again, another tag team thinking they're worthy of taking the titles off their current holders to go into Survivor Series. And that is Chad Gable and shouting up against the Usos. I wonder if we'll see new tag team champions for Survivor Series. Well, on the way into the ring, the Usos called Gable and Benjamin American Alpha Part 2. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that, even though I shouldn't have done. Uh, <laughs> Why is it? Because Benjamin looks like Jordan. <laughs> no, it's because I said Benjamin would join and you called me racist and then WWE did it. <laughs> yeah, but the Usos are pretty much black anyway, so they can get away. Yeah, I suppose so. But, but anyway, tell me tell me about the champion. The slugfest broke out before the bell rang as Usos went on the attack. Chad Gable took out Jay Uso outside the ring with a chop block, leaving him hobbled. Jay struggled to stand as the referee's count reached 10. Well, that means Gable and Benjamin win via counter, but Usos retain their title. But the callback to the Usos attacking Gable's knee last year was poetic. Aside from that, and the Usos pre-match trash talk, this was a disappointment. Perhaps that's a Gable and Benjamin heel turn, or it's how WWE writes the Usos out of their Survivor Series match. For now, this felt random and abrupt, and didn't, and <clears throat> and it did little to alleviate the Usos ahead of their big matchup against Sheamus and Cesaro. So then we move on to the main event, which was Jinder Mahal versus AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Well, we've seen in the past couple of weeks, taken on both members of the Singh, Singh brothers. 
And, uh, well, things began slowly as Mahal and Styles approached each other warily. The champ's power earned him the early advantage and he ground down Styles with his typical methodical style. While the fans were chanting, you can't wrestle. Well, Styles was able to charge back even though the Singh brothers put their stamp on the match. Styles took out both members of the Singhs and then got back into the ring. A phenomenal forearm took down Mahal for the victory. Well, for the very shocked victory. I honestly can't believe it. I mean, Mahal's best match was not surprisingly, not surprisingly came against a man famous for extracting the best from his fight. Like I said, if Mahal was going to have a good match, it was against AJ Styles. Now, you know, look. Well, Mahal hit the class. The class. The class. Yeah. Class. And make his way to the ring ropes and uh, got a ring break for two. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, two. the crowd... The crowd was all injured. Styles' journey. This boasted a proverbial big fight field too. On Raw, they aired a six-minute promo for the Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar match at Survivor Series. It was Jinder Mahal who issued the challenge to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but doesn't that make it seem? You know, I, I think that. What would you rather see, though? Would you rather see Jinder Mahal going against Brock Lesnar, or would you rather see AJ Styles against Brock Lesnar? And you know have a better match. For, for storyline purposes, I would have Jinder Mahal versus Lesnar because it makes sense. Storylines don't matter anymore. It's a story that goes out the window. You can shock title changes. It's, you know, oh, that's all great and that, but there's no long-term plan for it, is there? They're not going to say, oh, this is the idea. Uh, it was about Jinder Mahal having a shoulder injury, which meant he had to give it up and uh, failing his wellness policy. That was one of them. Uh, and I just think, like, to do it at this point in time, especially with a tour in India, are they just doing a, a quick fix and having AJ lose to Lesnar and then Mahal will win the title back and tour India as champion and then they'll just carry on their plans? Is it? I mean, is, is it good for AJ to just have a short title reign, you know? Well, you know, I don't think AJ this title no. But I think the thing is as well, it, it should be huge news, you know. The WWE Championship changes hands for the first time in the United Kingdom. You know, in Manchester, we finally see it. We've seen it in the little title change and obviously tag team titles as well. Uh, you know, even though it was a fantastic moment for the people in the crowd, and it was kind of a shock value to it. There was no kind of meaning. And, and for me, someone who goes to the, the Raw shows, the SmackDown shows in April, Mania, we, we haven't had a good, I'll be fair, we haven't had a good Raw SmackDown there for about five years. I think, you know, it, it's not been a good show. And, and yet in Manchester, they decided to just throw it all out the window. And I don't want to sound bitter and twisted about it, but for someone who spends, you know, £150 pound a ticket. for Raw as well? Yeah, Manchester, so they got the tag team so title, they got the title change. Yeah, and, and what did we get this year? We got Ambrose versus The Miz uh, throughout the whole entire show with no Kurt Angle. The Hardy fucked off again. You know, uh, on, on SmackDown, you had we had Nakamura, but he wasn't in that. You know, he had a dark match afterwards with Ziggler, but there was, there was nothing like that, was there? You know, it was. For me, I I, sh- I know as an Englishman I should be happy, or you know, for Britain to be happy about a title change in my own country. But I was just a little bit annoyed. Just for me, it didn't it make a lot of sense, you know. Especially when I'm probably we're going to have probably Roman Reigns as champion on oh. SmackDown. You know what I mean? See Raw next year. Oh. So exactly, and uh, uh, this is the thing. Isn't it? I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on the title change? Are you happy about it? I am in a way, but does it then make Styles? look stronger than Orton and Nakamura now. 
Well, yes, this, and it, yeah, exactly. It only took him two weeks to beat him, rather than fucking three matches or you know four months. Exactly, but again, you know, I'm glad to see Paul's not the champion. I mean, the response from the Manchester crowd—they were saying you can't wrestle, chanting it throughout majority of the match, and even the comment commentators were saying, well, you know, Mahal's not, you know, a kind of a gifted wrestler, so to speak. He just, re- you know, he relies on his strength and power. As if to say, basically, he's crap at wrestling. He just, you know, derives on taking wrestlers out anyway. So, yeah. to see it in, that certainly deserves it, I think, yes. But again, you know, the circumstances on which it's changed. And I do understand your point about, you know, it was Mahal that issued... It was kind of Mahal's idea to start off this SmackDown versus Raw head-to-head thing for the pay-per-view. You know, it's kind of fallen flat on his face. And now what's Mahal going to do for Survivor Series after having main evented every other pay-per-view up until that point, you know, for the last six months? Yeah, I know. I, 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 I really don't know. I really don't know why uh, this is this has kind of happened now, you know, especially when they set up Rusev versus Styles for this week's show. It just seems a bit a bit weird, you know. I, I really don't... I, I honestly don't... I know I should be happy, but for some reason... Uh, I'm I'm just a bit you know worried about it, but we should say AJ Styles did tweet out. Well, judging by the reaction in Manchester last night after winning the WWE Championship, you'd think I was from the UK. Truth is, I've spent a lot of time in this part of the world, as they have always treated me as one of their own. Thank you, AJ Styles. And Jinder Mahal posted as well. He says to AJ Styles, he said, you were the better man for one night. Six months I held the W Championship, defended it countless times all over the world. I will one day raise the title again. To my haters and wrestling insiders, this was not an experiment. I am not injured. I have not violated the wellness policy. So keep throwing shade my way. It only motivates me. So very interesting comments. I don't think we'll see Jinder Mahal until after Survivor Series. But, I mean, we'll talk about this. I don't think there's been a more newsworthy kind of European tour that we've had in quite a while. Yeah, James Ellsworth beat up by seven women at a live event in Leeds. And don't worry, everybody. They were superstars. They weren't just random women. Lucky bastard. I'd like to get beaten up by seven women. Ellsworth ended up taking the finishing moves from Carmella. Natalia, Lana, Tamina, Naomi and Becky Lynch and Charlotte and was thrown around like a rag doll in the ring. The funniest part came from Lynch who instead of giving him the two middle fingers gave him the two pinky fingers and then hit a stone cold stunner. Well don't forget Kamala turned on Ellsworth on Smackdown this past Tuesday after he lost his match against Becky Lynch. So the European tour Raw General Manager Kurt Angle wrestled at W's live event Tuesday in Birmingham, Sorry. England. In Birmingham? Birmingham. Yes, he wrestled. So we didn't see Kurt Angle at Raw on the O2, but he wrestled in Birmingham on Tuesday in England. Yes, because then... Well, it's Angle's second match back since coming back to the WWE. Of course, he joined Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins in the victory over Strowman, Kane, The Miz and The Bar at TLC. Well, according to the Internet Wrestling Database, Angle's last WWE match outside of a pay-per-view, 8th, 2006 taping for ECW. The 96 Olympic gold medalist wrestled Sabu to a no contest at the taping. Well, Angle's appearance in Birmingham as to what has been an event for OFC's tour for WWE. Triple H filled in for Roman Reigns 
and joined the Shield for one night only. The Raw Tag Team Champions changed hands Monday Night in Raw. WWE also let the cat in the bag and announced AJ Styles beat Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship on SmackDown. <laughs> and then we had a report about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the UK tour after SmackDown. Well, we briefly touched on this yeah. beforehand, but um, WWE sent Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn home from the company's United Kingdom tour. <clears throat> it was reported on Wednesday. According to our sources, the exact reason for Owens and Zayn's abrupt departure is unclear. But WWE removed them from the tour as some sort of disciplinary move. Well, we heard that WWE Chairman Vince Man approved sending Zayn and Owens home and that the pair of wrestlers were guilty of conduct deemed detrimental to the WWE. He also spoke to sources who said wrestlers were going to the business for themselves during SmackDown Live on Tuesday night. Well, um, our sources followed up with a similar report, adding that sources said <laughs> that it was followed up with a similar report, adding sources said that Owens and Zayn were supposed to be on the receiving end of a post-match attack from the New Day. It said they left the ring and caused confusion for the New Day and WWE's production crew. Did it seem a- when that happened? Yeah, I think Biggie Langston when Biggie came in and he was like, it was a bit confusing. <laughs> you could see him talking into Woods and Kingston's ear, you know what's going on. Yeah. And that. Uh, yeah, well, Zayn lost a singles match to Kingston. Owens attacked King- Kofi after the match for he and Zayn made a hasty exit. Um, we also have sources who said, the word today, sources, who said Zayn and Owens... Sponsored by HP. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, sources who said Zayn and Owens work with lately and seem unhap- unhappy backstage. Zayn and Owens have yet to be added to the Survivor Series card. Owens in a match where the winner was added to Team SmackDown Live. In the five-on-five elimination match against Team Raw, Zayn also fell to Randy Orton in the Survivor Series qualifier. Well, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were sent home for several things that come up during the trip. According to PW Insider, it said Owens were complaining loudly on the bus after the November 7th taping described as the last straw following a few long few days of touring. And also, uh, Vince McMahon made the call to have AJ Styles defeat Jinder Mahal for the title last week. That and bringing John Cena back for the Raw versus SmackDown match were done in response to bad ratings on Tuesday, especially the Halloween special. But first, it was Kurt Angle. Okay, Roman Reigns is out and he's an Olympic hero. (laughs) A Hall of Famer and has no real history with the Hounds of Justice. Then it was Triple H. Sure, (laughs) Roman's still out and they have that whole pesky convince Seth Rollins to turn on the group, then try to end Seth's career history. But it was just a house show. But Samoa Joe, his first job on the main roster was to take out Rollins. There's some kind of weird psychological stuff at play, replacing Romy with another Samoa named Joe. <laughs> Especially with he almost with a big dog back, and he didn't even get a vest. But then again, would he be able to fit in the vest? Is a question. No, it was it was a big tour they had in England. I should say at Mark Tardis, he was at WWE Raw uh, in Brighton. Uh, I, I did honestly good in Brighton around that time. He went there. He said Bray Wyatt was on the show wrestling, which I thought was interesting, seeing as I yeah. weren't sure if he was cleared to come back yet. Uh, Oscar was in action. The Strowman was wrestling as well. And, of course, Triple H was teaming up with Ambrose and Rollins as a member of the Shield. And they got to see Finn Balor. All right, so let's move on. And we're going to have 205 Live. Now, we've only got three episodes this month. We're going to do one episode on the actual live show. So uh, let's start. And it was October 24th, episode 48. 
Well, WWE's continued push of the Cruiserweight division continued Sunday night at TLC with two matches featuring members of the 205 Live roster. You had Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan defeating the tag team of the Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher. You also had Enzo Amore regaining the Cruiserweight Championship from Kalisto like a twat. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Drew Gulak's scheduled PowerPoint was cancelled, but he was able to continue where he left off on this week's show. The first match was Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan versus Noam Dar and Tony Nice. And it feels like we haven't seen much of Dar since his storyline with Alicia Fox. Sorry. Oh, Alicia Fox. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it. <laughs> came to an end. So it was nice to see him team up with Nice, who usually uses Gulak as a partner. Yeah, I mean, where's Noam Dar been? One of these bright lights, one of my picks for the CWC tournament. Well, your pick for the CWC tournament has been Enzo Amore's bitch. <laughs> and what's being a bitch is bitch. Well, there is nothing, there is nothing. But this this was an average tag team match, but the exciting offence of the Cruiserweights helped make it more entertaining, especially when it came to Swan and Alexander. Yeah, the pace was a little slow at times, but that's because they were actually given a decent amount of time to work with. They knew when to use high spots and when to use rest holds effectively. Well, Gallagher and Kendrick appeared on the stage to distract Swan and Alexander, but it was all for naught. Alexander picked up the win for his team with a lumbar... Yeah, and there's no reason why some of these 205 Live tag teams can't go after the Raw tag titles. I mean, you know, it is good and it would help add a bit of depth to the Cruiserweight division if they branched out a bit as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Swan and Alexander have been seen so entertaining. It would be interesting to see them to go up against even teams that, you know, like the Bar or something like that, just to see how, how they rank with those. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, it, you know, as you say, nothing's out of... Nothing's out of reach for Rey Mysterio won the heavyweight championship a couple of times. Yeah, no, that's true, so maybe we will see it. Well, Nice was trying to teach Dar how to do an ab bike exercise while kicking Alexander, which was quite comical yeah, yeah. during their match. I do like Nice and Dar, it's just weird they're not getting used. Next match was, well, the 311 by Grand Metallic versus Drew Gulak. Well, happy birthday, Grand Metallic, for the other week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Gulak came to the ring and complained about how his PowerPoint presentation was cancelled at TLC and bragged about injuring Akira Tozawa's vocal cords. Well, he tried to protest by refusing to leave the ring and start his presentation over from the beginning, but Grand Metallic came out for a match before he could get past Clyde. This match was little more than filler, but Metallic is always fun to watch, and unsurprisingly, he didn't pay attention to Gulak's rules and broke just about every single one of them. Well, what was surprising was seeing Gulak finally get a win with a Dragon Sleeper. They had a decent match, but it lagged in a few places. Gulak tried to attack Metallic's leg after the match was over, but Tazara made the save. Gulak yelling, you stay on the ground, as they began the match. Was I mean, Gulak has been really entertaining as of late. Sticking to his rules. Exactly. And to, for a guy who doesn't get a lot of time, he makes it count, you know. And I think that's one of the things that we should definitely look at. But anyway, then we got onto the main event, Dan. Uh, yes, <laughs> if you'd like to call it a main event. Kalisto going against that strutting twat Enzo Amore. Well, and Kalisto starts off with a dropkick, sending Enzo to the outside. And is, has Kalisto made a mistake getting his rematch call so quickly? We see what happened with uh, Tazara and that. You kind of think to yourself, the Cruiserweight should hold on for a little bit more. You know? Well, in 205 Live, Enzo hasn't managed to win a match without cheating. Yeah. So, you know, whether he waits a day, a month or a year... Enzo's still going to either try to cheat to win. So, you know, it's, it's, I think Kalisto just needs to keep eyes in the back of his head and either cheat before Enzo gets a chance or 
you know, just uh, just try and avoid Enzo's foul play. Well, yeah, and we've seen a, a you know a different side to Kalisto, the aggression definitely coming in there, and uh, it, it's not really paying off for him at the moment. But to be able to keep on Enzo, because we know Enzo, like you said, is easily beatable. He's treating like he was using the uh, ring apron there to kind of not get hurt. And he always seems to take advantage of other people's mistakes as opposed to offensive moves himself. Uh, so you could maybe class him as quite a, a lucky wrestler. And I think you you know he's lucky to be employed with a WWE, let alone... <laughs> well, you know, hopefully Vince McMahon gets my several letters <laughs> and gets rid of him next year. But, you know, while he's here... You've got to, yeah, you've got to you've got to make most of it. He's not going to ruin 205 life for well, us. I'm, I'm hardly going to miss him when he's gone. Well, exactly, yeah. And uh, Kalisto looked to have injured that leg maybe on the outside, looking to get in, but Enzo kicking him out again. And Enzo, like, happy with a count-out victory. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a disgrace to a championship. <laughs> you know, Enzo, it just seems... I think Enzo thinks he's better than everyone else, even though he clearly isn't. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing. Definitely a chip on his shoulder. And at the moment, Enzo and Kalisto on that second rope. Enzo drops down to the apron, but again, just crutches Kalisto. And now both men on the apron, but even the crowd, not that into it. And Kalisto, who's a great, we talked about, great cruiserweight wrestler. Well... Be honest, you know, the only reason the crowd's there is to see the dark match. Well, it's the thing, Kalisto's not been allowed to uh, kind of use the moves we love, as Enzo's going to go fully, uh, what's it called again? Don't make me say I don't even know what it is. The Jordanzo. Going for the Jordanzo, oh! But Kalisto there, getting out of it with kind of like a cartwheel Samoan drop style manoeuvre. Well, that apron. Enzo exactly on that hard edge of the apron of Kalisto's face. He knew that would be the end. And now finally, can he get either Enzo in the ring or win back the Cruiserweight Championship? Uh, hey, Nigel, we get his hand, Vic Joseph, on the commentary team. He's trying to crawl out of there so he can win his match or retain his title by count-out, like the sleazy little bitch that he is. And Kaliso's got hold of Enzo. He's not going to let him go that way, though. I have to say, though, I've got to compliment Enzo. He is good at being a cunt. <laughs> yeah, he is. He plays it well, doesn't he? <laughs> That's the only compliment you'll hear for Enzo out of my mouth. <laughs> well, Enzo throw back in the ring after a kick to the face by Kalisto. Come on, Kalisto. Get back that title. Make it relevant again. Well, Enzo might have the source, but I think Kalisto's got the momentum at the moment. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> As Enzo pulls <laughs> Kalisto face first into the second turnbuckle. Oh, this is one of his two moves, isn't it? This is a jump in DDT by Enzo. Oh, oh, but he gets caught with a step up in Seguri from Kalisto, which drops him straight back to the mat. Oh, Kalisto. I think he's got Enzo in the DDT. Oh, plants him into the mat. Well, he doesn't want to pin him, though. Well, maybe too close to the ropes. Kalisto going up. Oh, that's what he's doing. Getting in the way. Enzo kicking the ref into the ropes. Crotching. Don't call it ref. Don't call oh, Kalisto. Oh. Really, ref? Really? And referee has no choice but to call disqualification. Referee should have no choice but to beat the fuck out of Enzo Mora. He <laughs> could take him easy. So Kalisto wins the match but does win the championship. Oh. Well, Dan, I'm going to ask crawling you. crawling out there like the fucking maggot that he is. I'm going to ask you, what do you think of that? I thought it was awful. It was the worst retain you could ever imagine. Oh, well, Yes. Enzo does walk out of here. But it was weird watching Amore walk to the ring without delivering his usual introduction. 
It was even stranger when Davari spoke for him due to Amore losing his voice. The only shred of talent <laughs> that he ever had. Yes. Be honest. How many of you completely forgot about Big Cass already? Big who? Exactly. <laughs> We're saying that he did pop up on uh, on Facebook on something. He was at a baseball game or something. Oh, right. And he walked out and done something or other, but I don't really That's how memorable it was. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, we'll move on to our next episode, 205 Live, which is October 31st, or Halloween, episode 49. And we start off with Akira Tozawa versus Drew Gulak. And when I talked about Drew Gulak being entertaining, we haven't seen Tozawa in a little while either, have we? So, well, Gulak came out at the top of the show to talk about Halloween and how much the machine has made it a bigger part of our culture. He presented his plan for a better Halloween in the form of... Of yet another PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, his rules were no candy and no trick or treating. But Tazar interrupted before he could continue. Ah, <clears throat> ah, ah, ah. Here we go. Tazar was out here, and yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, seen Tazar. I know he's been on two or five live. Oh, he and comes that, but... out the uh, the blocks really strong, delivering a big boot to the head of Gulak, and just starts laying into him. But Gulak, ever the scientific wrestler, trying to bring Akira Tazawa down. They get caught in a head scissors by Tazawa. In a head scissors. In a head scissors. But Tazawa stomping away at Gulak in the corner. Gulak up the apron. Playing the cowardly uh, heel as he does so well. Captain Underpants there coming out with some chops. But Tazawa <laughs> faking a chop and then just jabs him right in the jaw. <laughs> drops Gulak to his back. These matches should be bread and butter for Akira Tazawa, though, surely. Yeah, don't call me Shirley. I mean, yeah, these matches. I mean, Tazawa needs to start picking up more victories if he wants to be considered, again, as a challenger towards Cruiserweight title. And like you said, because of the Neville uh, defeats and that, I think it doesn't really matter because it's a reset button, isn't it, with Enzo More mm-hmm. as Cruiserweight champion now. So I think eventually down the line, we will see Tazawa. Well, uh, in my eyes, the Cruiserweight title has been vacated. Yeah. <laughs> But if you look at the feuds, Tazawa's always been involved in feuds, isn't he? You know, if it wasn't yeah. the... Uh... No, it was D. Brian Kendrick, yeah. then it went on to Neville, and he's part of Titus Worldwide. I don't know I don't, yeah, if he what? still is, because <laughs> there's no uh, Titus O'Neill, but he's prob- kind of been paying his attentions more to Apollo Crews and watching him getting beaten up most weekends. Yeah, but Gulak's taking over on Akira right now. Or is it Drew Gulak? <laughs> I like that. Well, it is Halloween, and Tazawa... Gets his shoulder up. Gulak's got the submission in the Tazawa trying to twist his neck off his shoulders. Well, you know, we've uh, we've heard that Gulak's injured Tazawa's vocal cords, so whether he'll be able to do his signature, ch- signature chant remains to be seen, but let's hope he can do his signature moves. Well, we know the chants get, get the crowd behind him and not be able to deliver. Like I said, it's a disadvantage, but at the moment, Tazawa don't need... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at him with his face. He certainly looks fuckest. He does. He looks ready and willing and able. He suplexes Gulak down. Looking to go to the top. And here we go, Tazar. We're going to see Senton. Nah. Well, Gulak doesn't like to see the flying, so he's uh, got out of the road, got out of the <laughs> ring. But that doesn't stop Akira Tazawa doing a suicide dive or a kamikaze dive. Yeah, it is the best suicide dive in the company with the, the, the flying headbutt. As it is, can he get Gulak in and pin him? No. Oh, Gulak managing to kick out. Ah. And now Tazawa picking up Gulak. But Gulak playing dead weight at the moment. Oh, which which man's going to win this standoff? Who's going to deliver 
the suplex that could set him up for the win of the match. And Gulak with a punch to the throat rolls up to oh. Akira managing to kick out. Uh, oh! And a lovely inseguri to the side of Gulak's head nearly knocked his head off his shoulders. And it's beautiful by Tazawa. And I'll tell you what, even though these, both, these two men are cruiserweights, looks like Gulak obviously is a slightly bigger one. But that might be negated now as Tazawa going to the top. Oh, sent on. Biting down on that gum shield. Oh. Hits the money. Go Rolls him up. One, two, three. There you go. And Tazawa beats Gulak here on 205 Live. Dan, what do you think of the match? I thought it was quite a good match. You know, it was straight to the point. Um, it certainly shows the hatred of each other. It seemed like a more personal fight. Uh, you know, and you've got Gulak still trying to target the throat of Akira Tazawa and still trying to stop the flying as well. I thought it was quite a good match. You know, we saw what Tazawa does. He fought through and got the victory. I think it was the right result. And I think Gulak can, you know, defeat after defeat. It's not going to hurt him because he's so entertaining. Like saying, where are my ghouls at? Yeah, uh, well, Gulak has given PowerPoint more attention than it has had in years with these segments. <laughs> yeah, Gulak's going to start. I mean, I haven't seen a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> since I was at school. But anyway, we'll move on, and it is the Brian Kendrick versus Rich Swan. He's a fucking clown. Alexander gave Swan a red nose before the match so he could mock the Brian Kendrick for calling him a clown during a promo last week. That makes sense. Well, Swan donned full clown attire for this match, but... Alexander opted only to paint his face. They even came out to one of Doink's old entrance songs, which is, you know, it's quite comical. I mean, not in a racial kind of thing, but what is it with black people like dressing up? I mean, we saw the New Day dressing up. <laughs> Earlier, yeah. <laughs> yeah we and now did. we've got Alexander and Swan both dressing up and getting into makeup. But I've obviously Brother Love and uh, Jimmy Hart, then this fucking clown right, right and here. And Akeem, yeah. <laughs> well, is he trying to teach Brian Kendrick a lesson? <laughs> it's a right to be a clown he messed with Kendrick throughout the match and it led to the whole affair turning into one long comedy segment and James your guys the fashion police proved comedy can be done right in WWE but this just wasn't funny no I mean they put together a few nice sequences but most of the bout were either boring or painful to watch Swan got the win with a phoenix splash but he almost missed the mark and came close to landing on Kendrick's head well Swan got Changed into that clown outfit quicker than expected. Yeah. And it took exactly one move before Swan's wig fell off. Well, this might be the first time people have chanted, this is awful, at a match on 205 Live. Well, this isn't the kind of stuff we really want to see, is it? No, no it is comedy. And it just I mean, comedy, like we say, has a place when done right. But that it, it's just awful, that is. And uh, it's a shame of talent, like like Swan and Kendrick involved in that. And anyway, we can move on to our main event and it's Davari versus Tony Nese versus Grand Metallic versus Mustafa Ali. Yes, well, Ali was in the Halloween spirit so he decided to give all his opponents bar. Metallic grandly, uh, gladly accepted but even Davari was happy to get a treat. But Nice didn't want to ruin his eight-pack abs by eating any sweets. Oh, here we go. So the ring is surrounded by Pumpkins. Pumpkins? Actually, but so someone went to a lot of work carving all these pumpkins. And we started off now with Talik and Nice, and oh my word. Working together like a well old machine. Ali drop kicking Nice out. Grand Metallic kicking Davari out. Oh. Well, Ali walking backwards into Metallic, and these two guys nearly going screwing up. Oh, yeah. And it is to the victory, so these two guys have got to face off. 
if they want to win the match. Yeah, look at Mustafa Ali there. Beautiful managing to hands thing out the way. But Metallic returning the show and doing his own flips. I mean, Gulak certainly wouldn't like this match. Oh, I know. But Ali there beautifully lands on his feet after the arm drag takedown by Metallic. Going for the Hurricane Runner. This is a takedown. Metallic right hand cartwheels out of it. Both men having a great exchange. And this is what they can do. Going for a handshake. Oh. Tony Nese and Davari don't like that and they break up the party. And now Davari's got Metallic on the outside. Oh, we've got all sorts of uh, Halloween treats here. Looks like maybe a tombstone on the table. Ali and Nice in the ring. That pumpkin there. So is it a hardcore pumpkin match? Yeah, everything goes. Ali, low. Shatters <laughs> a pumpkin over Tony Nice's head. Head. <laughs> well, no, he's got two heads. Oh. Uh, oh, wait a minute. He's going to force him to eat the candy. Don't you ruin his eight-pack. Reverse it. Reverse it. Oh. The Varian with the save. Saving Nice's eight pack. <laughs> oh, trying to flip Ali. Ali lands on his feet. Oh my god. Ali's such fun to watch. He's he flipping is, he's around. Flipping awesome. <laughs> oh. A big spine buster from Davari planting Ali. Going for the cover, but Metallic breaks it up. And now Grand Metallic looking to put Davari there, but you've got to be careful that squash pumpkin there. Smashing pumpkins, you know, is going to be dangerous for you. It's going to be quite slippery. Oh. Especially for someone that likes to move fast. <laughs> yeah. And Davari stops Metallic from jumping over the top. He lands face first on the canvas. A Metallic mask hidden in one of the candy jars. Why would that be there? And Davari looking at it now. He's going to use it on Metallic. Oh, what's Davari doing? He's just making a mockery <laughs> of the Lucha mask. Rolling around and doing cartwheels. Tavari. And he seems to have uh, very amused himself, really amused himself, but he gets a big slap across the chest from Ali. I might get confused who's Metallic and who's Davari in a minute as Davari sets Ali up on that top rope. He's skeleton hanging down as well. Does wearing a mask turn you into a Lucha-style wrestler? Toys flips, very impressive, I would say. Let's see if he can fly off the top. Uh-oh. Oh, big headbutt knocks him off and Ali's got the mask. Now, what's Ali going to do? Will he possess the great Lucha powers? <laughs> oh, that skeleton I mentioned was dangling down. Ali's grabbed it, and now he's masking up the skeleton. <laughs> Crossbody by the skeleton on Davari. Davari catches it. Metallic running the ropes, takes <laughs> down Davari. Shattered that skeleton in half. Goes for the cover. Davari kicks out. Oh. Ali's got the hand of the skeleton. <laughs> Oh, and Nice pulls Metallic out. That wasn't very nice of him. That wasn't. And now, what's he got? Oh, my God. He's got some kendo sticks. Throws one into Davari. Davari whips Ali across the back with that kendo stick. Well, this is the uh, the trick for Ali now, being caught with two Halloween kendo sticks. An episode of 205 Live, which is more extreme than a pay-per-view <laughs> called TLC. <laughs> isn't it? Go figure. Both men taking turns of... Beating Ali over the back with them kendo sticks. And now Nice looking for the perfect pumpkin. Early set up four pumpkins in the ring. He's got Ali hung up in a tree of woe. And now Nice got the pumpkin. Oh, he's doing set ups <laughs> and throwing pumpkins at Ali. <laughs> well, I have never, in my 20 years of watching wrestling, I have never seen this before in my life. Well, the man is impressive. He didn't get that eight-pack for just sitting around eating kebabs, James. No, he didn't. He got it from throwing pumpkins at Metallic. Finally stone on the apron. Oh. oh. Kicks 
Nice in the head. But oh. gets caught by Davari in the midsection with a kendo stick. Davari goes for the cover. Two. Oh. oh. Metallic managing to kick out. Oh. That two. Two. This could almost be a tag team match at this moment in time. It seems more that way. <laughs> Nice and Davari working together. And oh. oh my God. What has Nice got in his hands well in that bag we have seen from past experience what can be in there and ladies, tax. ladies and gentlemen this is about to get extreme exactly hundreds of thousands of thumbtacks here oh <laughs> but Ali <laughs> throws a pumpkin <laughs> at Nice distracting him from the bag in hand Nali catches Nice with a lovely kick to the face looking to go rolling in net breaker maybe oh, oh no Davari breaks it up and whips Ali's legs out from underneath him, sending him face first into the edge of the ring apron. And now what's Davari going to do? Oh! Bouncing Ali off the table, sending them candies flying. Well, I hope no chocolate gets wasted in this. Davari <laughs> just dumping all the sweets. That is one of the most painful maneuvers. If you've ever had a load of chocolate <laughs> dumped over the yeah. back of your head, you know. That's how my uh, uncle died. He... Uh, he... A box quality street fell on him. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. And now Davari's got Ali. Oh! But Nice sending <laughs> Davari arse first into the <laughs> into the uh, bobbing apples tub. <laughs> Would you bob for apples with Davari in it? <laughs> oh! Vitalik off the top. Taking Nice down. <laughs> Davari just throwing the apples out. Well, he's got to try and get out somehow. Metallic throwing Nice back into the ring. And now Mustafa Ali, he's got the chocolate in hand. Oh, he's got a candy. Good God! Oh! oh, and he takes down Nice with the candy. This is worse than the mandible claw. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Metallic sends it home with a super kick. Going for the cover, but Metallic pulls Ali off. Nice still got the chocolate. Get the chocolate out of your mouth, for God damn. The two men are shoving each other. Here we go, Ali. What we wanted to see. This would be a great match. They look like the Red Ranger and the Black Ranger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having personal problems. Metallic's got Ali. Oh, my God. He's set out face first powerbomb by the looks of things. Going for the cover. Oh. But Ali managing to kick out. Oh. And Metallic setting Ali up at the top. Oh. But knees breaking up that exchange. Pushing Metallic down. Now we're going to look to try and power him up himself. Uh-oh. And Metallic... Looking to climb at the same time. And he's got Nice. Oh, oh sunset flip by Metallic. And then Davari comes off the opposite corner, <laughs> goes for a cover. But Ali managing to kick out. I didn't even uh, see Davari. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. We saw the tower move. And then Davari trying to capitalise on it. Wow, this has certainly been a, a more entertaining match than the last episode of 205 Live, without a doubt. And. Davari inadvertently done the uh, tablecloth trick with a bag with a, <laughs> with a cauldron of sweets. He did that quite well then. And now he's bringing the table in. I've got to say, this is going to be one of the most enjoyable kind of stupid things that I've seen in a while. Davari setting up the table, metallic in the ring. No sign of Nice or Ali. Or table set up. But I see metallic. He's got the pumpkin. Oh! oh fucking hell. <laughs> That's better than Enzo's finisher. Pumpkin to the face of Ali. Oh my God, it's a pumpkin. <laughs> I have never seen a pumpkin to the face. And now Metallic, look to capitalise on it. 
Going to finish Davari, but oh, oh, in comes Nice, whipping Metallic across the back with a kendo stick. Oh my god. Now Nice got that, that bag we talked about earlier in hand, and he's not going to sprinkle them on the table. What? Oh, no, pieces of candy corn. Candy corn? Oh, I thought it was thumbtacks, but this could be even more extreme. Metallic in serious trouble. Nice, look at the power bomb off of the top. This might retire him. Oh, no! Back oh. body drop by Metalli, sending Nice into the table with the candies on it. One, two. Oh, oh but Davari breaks up the free count. Well, unbelievable stuff there. Nice might be seriously injured. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, Metallic's going to be seriously injured, getting thrown shoulder first into that ring post. And now it's just Davari looking to pick up the lifeless body of Ali. Oh! But Ali splats him in the face with a pie. Pie to the face! Pie to the face! Pie to the face. (laughs) My God, Davari might be blind. Ali's saying it tastes nice. Oh! Davari comes running towards Ali, but a step up in Seguri sends him back to the mat. And now Ali... He's got, got a witch's broom. Yeah, he's got a broomstick. Well, you know what you can do with broomsticks? You know you what can they can... fly. Yeah, on Halloween, you can fly with a broomstick. Let's see if Ali can. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. And a brilliant victory picked up with Ali from... Well, the broom drop? Yeah, exactly. Broom drop. There we go. Ali flew. <laughs> a well-deserved victory for Mustafa Ali. Wow. Brilliant fucking match, though. That uh, was really entertaining, wasn't it? It certainly was, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really I'm surprised. Usually, like I say, with, with stuff like that. But it added, I think it added to it, you know, having the pumpkins. And, it was silly, but it was exciting, you know, at the same time. It, it certainly was, yeah. You know, it was a lot better than... The, was it a SmackDown match when they had Pumpkins and they had, uh, oh, what is it, uh, Slater and Rhino going against the club? I mean, that was that was just awful, yeah, really. Yes, and do you know, James, this marks the first time a WWE crowd has chanted, take the candy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 205 was quite decent today. Uh, first decent episode we've had in a little while. Do you while. know why? Why? No Enzo. <laughs> yeah, no Enzo. So, yeah, that does make sense. Valid point. Yeah, so we move on to our third episode of 205 Live. The November 7th edition, episode 50, and we're in Manchester, England, England. <laughs> Pete Dunne made his Raw debut Monday night, and he got his first main roster win at the expense of Enzo the Cunt Amore. Were you happy about that? <laughs> I was over the moon, an English man beating up that stupid-faced twat. Well, the Cruiserweight champion claimed he was a victim of conspiracy and the UK division was invited to 205 Live for a confrontation. The British wrestlers were in their home country, so it was interesting to see how the Cruiserweights dealt with not having the crowd on their side at times. Well, Enzo Amore premieres the Zoe show. Amore, <laughs> Amore opened the show with a debut episode of his new talk show, appropriately titled The Zoe Show. His sex consisted of black carpets and leopard print cloth hanging over the turnbuckles. He kept pushing his conspiracy theory about Raw General Manager Kurt Angle having it out for them. The crowd chanted boring at him a few times to show its displeasure. He was soon joined by Jordan Devlin, Tucker, James Drake, Mark Andrews, Bate and Joseph Connors. Tyler Bate has got more talent in his little toe than Enzo has in his whole fucking useless, annoying body. Well, we're seeing all the UK guys there. Uh, Mandrew's behind next to him. 
Jordan Devlin, the midget faced assassin. <laughs> yeah, exactly, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what just happened, Dan? <laughs> Tyler Bay held up his right hand. Enzo looked at it and he cocked him on the face with his left. Knocked him spark out the ring. Oh, and here comes Kalisto. They've had their problems. And in an enraged hurry and Kalisto is coming down the ramp. Wonder what kind of face off these two are going to oh, exactly. have. <laughs> Kalisto just don't give a fuck about him. Uh, Kalisto's here for the first match of the night. Uh, this segment was slow and long, but it's always great to see the UK division on W television. This is definitely the first time the crowd has chanted boring at Amore. This was not the first time Dan has called Enzo a cunt. And I will continue to do so <laughs> until they fuck him off out of it. Yeah, but at least he shook hands with everyone when the UK division came to the ring. Yeah, I bet they pureed their hands straight after, though. Bate was having a hard time keeping himself from laughing while Amore was talking to each competitor. Poor Connors, he didn't even get a chance to say what he deserved. Why does he have to be on the zone train? Well, up next it is Kalisto versus Jack Gallagher. Gentleman Jack was given a warm welcome by his hometown of Manchester, England, England. But he didn't play like he was a babyface. All of a sudden, he turned everyone against him with a few standard heel insults. Well, Gallagher said he was sick of being the circus clown everyone wanted him to be. And he has returned a real man with dignity. He said he was bigger than Britain, which didn't go over well with the fans in attendance. Uh, Gallagher's new entrance music is pretty great. I did like his last one, but we'll see how successful he is in this match against Kalista. Now, victory for Jackie Boy here. He will do, especially in England. Do you think he's got the advantage in this match? He certainly has the home field advantage, especially being a Mancunian. Mancunian, man, knobhead. Maverick. Oasis, don't look back in anger. Uh, <laughs> He's mad for it. Mad for it. Um, oh, Jack going for the cover, but Kalisto managing to kick out. Oh. Well, we're working on Kalisto. We should say this is the last episode 205 Live on this episode. We'll bring you the latest episode 205 Live on our Survivor Series kickoff live show, which is on Sunday. Of course, we're bringing this out Friday as you listen to this one. Tomorrow night is NXT TakeOver, but Kalisto just threw Jack Gallagher to the outside. And Jack doesn't look very happy about oh, it. Oh, no, but he immediately rolls back into the ring, allowing Kalisto to do one of his over-the-top moonsault <laughs> jobbies that he normally does <laughs> Jobs. <laughs> on a wrestler when he's on the outside. Oh, but lovely. Well, lovely head scissors takedown there, puts Jack back on his ass. It is nice by Kalisto, even though I don't like his outfit. But Jack, oh, using his head in that situation. Planting him face-first <laughs> into the mat there with a Hurricane Rana-type head scissors takedown. My word, and Jack's face got <laughs> the full front of that canvas. Jack showing a great British wrestling trying to reverse the wrist slot, but Kalisto, huge right hands, and oh, a beautiful spinning kick. Jack for six. And Kalisto, second ball, springboard. Oh, but, but Gallagher grabs the arm and disarm her. Well, he's got the arm in. Kalisto in serious trouble now, and Jack not letting go. That's well made to deal with the lucha. You keep him grounded. Oh, now he's rolling him. Back and through right into the centre of the ring. Oh, but Kaliso's gradually making his way to a vertical base. Kaliso trying to roll through now. Salida oh. del Sol. One, two, three. Oh, my word. Kaliso gets a victory there over Jack. Certainly feeling the pain in his arm. He is, he is. Not a bad match, though, I don't think. No, no, it wasn't terrible. 
No, I mean, Kalisa jumping over the top rope, landed on the middle rope, and hit the front flip onto Gallagher at ringside, was entertaining and unique move. Lucha Dragon never fails to impress with his versatility. Yes, and Gallagher should use the armbar or some other submission as his, as his finisher, making an opponent tap out would suit his new personality more than a simple finishing manoeuvre. Well, up next, we've got Cedric Alexander teaming up with Mandrews to take on Joseph Connors and James Drake. Big fans of Mandrews, aren't we? Yeah, we love Mandrews. We saw him go against Pete Dunne, I think, at the uh, NXT show that we were at. Fantastic match. And uh, he is so exciting. Yeah, not only did Nigel McGuinness announce Bate versus Amore for the main event, but three other UK competitors were given more exposure in a tag team match alongside Alexander. And it's it was quite good to see video packages for the various UK competitors throughout the show. A lot of these guys could do very well in NXT and on the main roster, but a few of them need work on crafting an interesting entrance. Yeah, I know, but uh, the more the, the star you are, you know, no one's comparing uh, Finn Balor's entrance to Jason Jordan. He just you need to kind of get it right, didn't you? You know, the the thing that's Saving Bray Wyatt would be an entrance. You could argue Bobby Roode as well. The entrance is maybe bigger than him now. So you need to yes, get... Yes, but in the words of uh, Dolph Ziggler, the entrance does not make the man, James. Oh, uh, it's what he does in the ring. Exactly. And this is what it's about here with these four men. Alexander, Mandrews, of course, James Drake and Joseph Connors. Well, that's James Drake in the ring. Yep, Drake there with Alexander. Look at Alexander showing his great ability there, managing to knock Drake down. Can he keep up with the British? Everyone can. Alexander can. Yeah, I, I think this is the thing we've seen with Cedric. He's fantastic in ring. You know, we saw him in the CWC where he kind of made for his, made a name for himself. And now on Tour of Five Live, really kind of rely on him to be one of these big uh, kind of face stars as well, aren't they? You know? Alexander slams Drake down. Oh, <laughs> and both men, they're working brilliantly as a tag team. Alexander with a leg drop and Andrews with a standing moonsault. But Drake managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And impact on the turnbuckle. Oh, and very... Oh, no, Connors wasn't in the ring to make the tag. Oh. That but was quite smart from the two, I believe. It was, yeah. Drake distracting. Mandrews, who had to hit him from behind. Tag in. Connors tries to pin Mandrews. Gets his shoulder up a two. Two. And Mark Andrews being worked on now. But Drake and Connors, I mean, these are two guys we saw in the UK tournament. You maybe think got a very similar look. You know, is it a great idea having a team? I suppose it's good that they're available. You know, it's a big opportunity for these two guys. I'm sure we'll see it in advertising in like the British shows around the country. You know, featured on WWE Toy 5 Live. Face first slam. And now Connors might have him beat. Cedric has to come in to break it up. But we, we talk about this. Mark Andrews is a perfect fit for the 205 division, isn't he? he you know? is. Yeah, definitely. If, you know, his shooting star press that he does is is uh, a thing of beauty. And as he tries to fight out the corner, but he, oh, Mark Andrews dodging Drake and Collins, getting the tag to Cedric Alexander. Now Cedric's in, and he's on fire, baby. Oh, <laughs> big back elbow there from Alexander. Now Cedric trying to build momentum. Oh. <laughs> Cedric springboarded in. Clothesline. He's got Collins. Oh, but Drake breaks up the pin attempt. Mandrews tags himself in. My bit of surprise being beaten up for the majority of it. But Drake and Connors want to beat up Cedric. Oh, a lovely handspring <laughs> back double kick. Andrews up top. Oh, here comes Andrews. Shoot it. Oh. Lands it. One, two, three. That is a thing of beauty by Mark Andrews there. Brilliant. Great match there, and a, a great spectacle for the fans in attendance as well. Yeah, it's, it's saying that really picked it up. You know, I'd say Cedric's the odd one out because he's not 
British, but I don't think it made... I thought he was going to say because he's not white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, he's, he's not part of the UK division. But, I mean, yeah, fantastic little match. And it gives Connors and Drake something to do, doesn't it? You know, and um... Well, Connors and Drake would make a great tag team in WWE. They have a similar look, but are different enough to tell apart easily. And they had good chemistry in this match. Yeah, I hope Mark Andrews gets a chance to be on 205 Live a little bit more. Well, Connors actually looks like a really small version of Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I shall mini-me. I've seen the entrance playing bagpipes. All right, move on to the main event. Tyler Bate versus Enzo Amore. Well, Bate received the biggest pop of the night when he came out for his main event match against Amore, which came as no surprise to anyone who has followed his career since the UK Championship Tournament. Now, for my eyes, as he goes to... Uh, I say lace up with Enzo. To my mind, we talk about we're getting to December nearly now. I think it's still my match of the year Tyler Bate was in, to be fair. I don't want to give anything away, but him yeah. and Pete Dunn at TakeOver, I don't know if anything's really beaten that yet. I've still got the vision of Bate using his head as a springboard against the ropes and bouncing oh, back. That's brilliant. I, I don't know how he did that, you know. And anybody who hasn't seen that match, of course, we're going to list them all. We'll play matches yeah. and then uh, pick the best one next month. Of course, it's come to the end of the year. The year-end awards now as well. The WNR, it's our third year-end reward, third Christmas special we're doing. Well, we can take a look back at who's won what over the past couple of years as yeah. well. You know, just a little refresher for everyone. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, it should be an interesting match. And, you know, we, we also like to discuss who we want to see more of, who we want to see less of. I'm sure it's going to come to no surprise. <laughs> yeah. Worst wrestler of the year. Yeah, yeah, Biggest yeah. cunt of the year. I know. We're going to have a couple of more awards added to it as well. Of course, we've got the year, uh, year-end predictions we did last year. To see if we get bonus points for the, uh, the, the year-end award. Of course, the loser has to wear the winner's choice of T-shirt for a whole year whilst recording the podcast. And even probably when we go to Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> uh, we'll we, we see about that one. <laughs> But anyway, let's concentrate on this match because Tyler Bate in control of Enzo, suplexed him to the outside, but Enzo now seems to have taken over a little bit. People might ask, does Bate deserve to be in the ring or Enzo? I think we'll ask, does Enzo deserve to be in a ring? At all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, but impressive there. Pull him off the right sidewalk. Slam, but can't keep him down. Kick out. Oh. I mean, can I Tyler... Think, I think you l- used the word impressive very loosely there, James. <laughs> Well, you know, Enzo is trying to get the crowd on his side. Can't oh, take you... he gets jabbed in the midsection by Tyler Bate. No, you can't take your eyes off Tyler Bate. Enzo stomping him down more aggressive in recent weeks. Two-time cruiserweight champion now. A sleeper hold Tyler Bate. You would expect a comeback for Tyler. But he's been not wrestling in WWE, has he, in recent times? So, I mean, he's, he's made sporadic appearances in NXT... And uh, things like this. But Tyler Bate there, back suplex Enzo, getting a bit of separation. Both men struggling to get to the feet. So I, Enzo only needs one offensive move against him and he's fucked. Here comes Bate. Work in the midsection of Enzo. Oh, big punch to the bread basket there. Enzo kick. Tries throwing <laughs> him out. Tyler Bate does his beautiful bounce back off the top rope there, which James loves That's so much. Incredible! Come on, man. And he's like 19, 20 years old as well. And he he's is doing, a youngster. He's doing stuff. It's fantastic. He's very innovative. He is indeed. Big kick to the corner. Irish rip ends onto the other one. 
Enzo lifts his foot and stomps Bake to the mat. No. And Tyler never come back. Enzo cut him off. And Enzo now might try and finish Bait off. Going to put him up on the you know, top turnbuckle. Is he looking for a superplex? He's trying to get Bait finished. He, well, it's well, but Tyler fighting back. Go, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. Hit him. <laughs> Tyler with the forearms. Don't hold back. Oh, Enzo in trouble. It's big uppercuts. I think Tyler's catching him each time not to <laughs> knock him off. It Tyler must... Bates just going crazy with a big right hands across the chest. Oh, perfect 10. And now what can Bate do? Now Tyler off the second rope. Oh. Oh, oh fucking hell, Enzo. You're such a dangerous fucking wrestler. Oh. Any danger? He was dangerous. Then. He threw Bate and Bate caught his leg up and Enzo still went to throw him. He made the great big cat hurt himself. <laughs> and I mean great big cat, yeah, not, not the not great. great. Not the great, yeah. Hell. Jesus Christ, have torn anything there, torn ACL meniscus, and then down to the uh, unforgiving mats at ringside. The for thin mats. for thin. And Enzo's going to finish him off now. What's he moved, what's he used to finish him off, Dan? <sighs> I don't I cannot remember it. The Jordanzo. The Jordanzo is coming for Tyler Bate. Enzo talking rubbish. Oh, no. Turns him inside out with a clothesline, a short arm clothesline. Tyler Bate in serious trouble. I don't think Enzo's going to be this dominant over him. Oh, now, Jordanzo time. Oh! Hits it on Bate. Travesty. <laughs> fucking travesty. <laughs> Not only did he beat him, but he fucking beat him clean, James. He destroyed him! Nah, <laughs> he he nah. destroyed nah. one of the brightest wrestling talents. Enzo Mori did that. Now, Dan, was it worth the victory over Pete Dunne for him to beat up Tyler Bate? Would you have it the other way around? I don't think he should have beat either of them. No. <laughs> no, it is, it is disgusting. I would... It's like, you know, you're on a tour in England. Right? Enzo has absolutely fuck all to lose. Same as Kalisto. Kalisto has not a lot to lose. I know he does need to be made look, look stronger. You know. It's just, it's, 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 it's weird considering Tyler Bate was the one sacrificed here tonight when you could have had Andrews. And look at Enzo now just beating him up. I mean, it's a shame because Bate has had a much better match than Enzo ever will this year. And, exactly. And Bate, you know, oh, finally, someone come out to help. But hopefully, you know, this could draw Bate into 205 Live. Maybe he wants to get a bit of retribution against the twat that stole a victory from him undeservedly. Yeah, well, Bate needs to be a full-time member of the NXT or WWE roster. He is too good not to be signed to a contract. I don't care where he is. We need to see him. You know, he, uh, for me, he's he's one of the, the stand-up performers of the year. You know, yeah, most definitely. And sweet, but we kind of see a bit of everything on 205. Like a bit of Drew Gulak's entertaining, isn't he? Mustafa Ali, um, and all this kind of shenanigans, and of course Enzo and Kalisto going for the cruiserweight title as well. So it's not been too bad. But we move on to news. News. All right, so news time now. Dan, why don't you start the news? Well, WWE ended the third quarter of 2017 with a total of 1,578,000 subscribers to WWE Network, of which 1,522,000 are paid while the rest are on a free 30-day trial. 
Well, both numbers are down from the previous quarter, wearing quarter two, 2017. They had a total of 1,633,000 subscribers. And out of that number, 1.568 were pay subscriptions. While the Q3 2017 numbers is a 4% higher than the same period last year, the company has 46,000 less pay subscribers compared to the previous quarter. Well, in the United States, there are 1.1 million subscribers well, over just 400,000 subscribers in the world. A total of just over 450,000 subscribers decided to ditch the service during the quarter, while a bit over 390,000 were new subscribers. And WWE added more than 70 hours of original content to the network's feature programme and more than 600 hours of archival content, which resulted in an on-demand library of over 8,900 hours at quarter end. Sorry, Sorry can I just say that... <coughs> If you're not watching pay-per-views on the night they're aired, wouldn't it make sense to get it in about three or four years' time and then just binge-watch it for a f- couple of years and then get rid of it because, like, you know, you can watch everything yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to watch? Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with it because, you know, the, you look at what uh, people are watching on the network, it is, it is the, the weekly programmes plus it's Royal Rumbles and WrestleManias, and you know... That the two favourite events for people who just come into the product. Everybody loves a Royal Rumble, don't they? You yeah. know, and uh, and of course WrestleMania. So I think you're right. I think people, especially when you consider the numbers not so great outside of America, you would. I'm surprised that there's not more people in maybe the UK. But there, then you know? you know, I've got an account. My brother uses my account, so you know, you can have like three or four yeah. devices on one account. So. You can give it to two or three other people. You know, you've got it on your tablet, your TV, and upstairs. But it, it, and what it was basically saying now as well is that the free trial thing doesn't really matter. Yeah, you grab a couple of, you know, you, you grab uh, maybe 50,000 people from that. But it is about people just keeping the network on now. And then, you know, I mean, some people cancel, some people uh, will come on. So it, it's always that, that kind of same number. But it's for most things, isn't it? Some people go off. Uh, like Netflix and that and then come back to it but they usually might have subscribed so it depends about the content but anyway move on and we have some big news about Raw 25 sorry the wrestling web got a whiff of it first and the WWE's given more details about what they have planned for the 23 of their flagship program on January the 22nd 2018 in New York well, while the main broadcast will emanate from the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn, the company will also return to the site for the first of the first ever Raw. In addition to matches taking place at both locations, featuring stars from both main roster brands, a number of legends will appear at the Manhattan Centre. Well, one of those legends is technically still active. The Undertaker will be making his first scheduled appearance since the WrestleMania 33 loss to Roman Reigns. That match was interpreted by many as being his final one due to the dead man leaving his hat, duster and gloves in the ring and breaking kayfabe to acknowledge his family to close a show in Orlando. Is showing up here a sign he's not done? Well, Taker, who called him to post the W.com and the New York Post, is set to appear on the January 22nd Raw with Shawn Michaels, Kevin Ash and others. But whether he does decide or not, showing up at the Royal Rumble's go-home show at the start of the road to WrestleMania 34 will lead to a lot of speculation about his future. Well, you know, again, that depends on who turns up. Is it going to be Mark Calloway or is it going to be The Undertaker? Well, this is the thing. He, he, never, he said 
uh, the reason he didn't go for the Hall of Fame ceremony and stuff is that he's always stayed in the Undertaker character. But we've seen a lot recently the Mark Calloway. So it might be, like you say, the transition. It might be American bar- Badass. You know, I don't, it, it'd be interesting to see what Well, the American do. Badass has never lost at WrestleMania. Undertaker has. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point, actually, yeah. Broadcasting for two locations will also remind fans of another WrestleMania. WWE brought the second edition of their biggest event to screens from three separate cities. While this won't be as big deal as WrestleMania 2, expect fireworks from the Bartleys and the Manhattan Centre, as Vincent Mann told The Post. Well, we look forward to celebrating this unmatched milestone with our fans around the world. But 25 years only marks the beginning of WWE. Surprising, delighting and entertaining generations to come. Are you looking forward to Raw 25? Yeah, you know, it's <clears throat> it should be good. I hope it's good. But, you know, from Raw 100 and, you know, all the other milestone flagships, has it really been that great well this is the thing isn't it you know we've had like you said the Raw 1000 we had the Raw homecoming they did when they 10 they, year they moved across 10 year 15 year anniversary we've done it with Smackdown it's all like building up to it saying it's a big deal and then once it's over you're moving on to the next thing aren't you you know yeah. so uh, but I mean it is special that like, it is 25 years and of course around that time we will be watching the first ever Monday Night Raw you know uh Without shallow without about that. Welcome everybody. Exactly. But we'll move on. And this next story is one of my favourite stories. Uh, entitled Got Beef. You got beef blood? <laughs> you got beef blood? <laughs> See what I did there. W's latest news. Brutus of Barber Beefcake is threatened with legal action by former partner Hulk Hogan over Tell All Book. Wrestling legend revealed plans for his autobiography on Twitter. That led to his former best friend, the Hulkster, warning him to get a good lawyer. Brother. Just saying the words, I'm writing a tell-all book, right? Yeah. And Hogan's saying, you best lawyer up. Does that not mean that Hogan's certainly got something, or if not a lot, to hide? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would, it would seem like guilty much, do you know what I mean? If well, it, you know, it's just like me saying, well, I'm writing a, a tell-all book of what goes on behind the scenes of this podcast. And I, you saying, well, I have lawyer to, up. I have to kill you. <laughs> so... <laughs> If Brutus the Barber Beefcake has a heart attack very soon. Yeah, exactly, yeah. One would be that surprised. Well, come on. Let's tell everybody, uh, anybody that doesn't know, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and the Hulkster were two of the biggest names in WWE, then known as the WWF, throughout the 1980s and, of course, the 1990s. Well, last week, the ex-fighter, who's real Leslie, tweeted, Working on my book, which is fastly becoming a tell-all. Hold on to your bandana, brother. It's about to get real. Well, yeah, you know what I mean now, yeah. <laughs> the announcement immediately caught the attention of Hogan, who responded, Got the bandana glued on tight. Get a good lawyer, brother. To which Beefcake replied, Get a good lawyer? What the fuck? Bandana glued on? Brother. For extensions, they're making you paranoid. Well, the man feigned for snipping his opponent's hair continued to jab back and forth with his ex-tag team partner before Hoke eventually stopped replying. Now, could this be, I phoned you up backstage and said, look, <laughs> respond and, you know, we'll have a little... Yeah, We'll yeah, have a little yeah. soiree so then we can build up more publicity, get more sales from my book. I'll chuck you a little cut. You know, yes, you... any publicity is good publicity. Exactly. But the pair's friendship... The pair's friendship had previously prompted claims from their wives that the superstar duo engaged in homoerotic behaviour away from the ring, although both strenuously denied this. But again, if Beefcake's denying it, why would he then write it in his book <laughs> for it to come out in the washing? You were hand? right about money about that, but obviously he, he he's been protect might have been protecting Hulk Hogan. 
Uh, and now, you know, he doesn't care. Um, go well, on. Hulk's ex-wife, Linda, first made the claim back in June 2011, saying, when asked on the rumours, wow, I don't know how to answer this, so I don't end up getting a lawsuit. A little bird told me, yes, they think they did. Well, later that year, Beefcase Exchange partner Barbara Leslie told the National Enquirer, I've watched my husband and Hulk interact for the past 20 years, and there have been many times where I felt they were much too close for comfort. Well, he and Hulk Hogan were best friends for over 40 years. And she also commented, uh, commented on her ex helping Hogan with a toilet seat following his back surgery, adding, I thought how odd that was for one man for another. Well, the boundaries of the intimate bromance they share are definitely blurred, and I just find it all extraordinarily suspicious. Well, at the time, Beefcake responded to the claims by saying, I've known Linda for almost 40 years, but when she starts trying to ruin our careers, it just ain't fair. Hogan has also denied it, saying, If any of that was true, and if I was a homosexual, I would embrace it. <laughs> it's just so crazy to hear, so I have a real problem with it. If you're not going to say I'm some, if you're going to say I'm something, I am not. To try and ruin my career and my livelihood, I have to answer her back. It's, well, I think he's ruined his own career by being a racist. Well, this is the thing. He, he strenuously desired being homosexual because that's a disgusting thing, he thinks. And yet being a racist, oh no, that's fine, yeah. But, all right, the friendship between Hogan and Beefcake seemingly ended in 2014 after the former continued to socialise with Brutus's former wife and their daughter. Ah. Well, they started off... <coughs> this started it off and they're engaged in a heated Twitter feud. Well, Bruce Beefcake said on October 26th, he said, have to get in line with my ex-wife. She's already threatening, even though she's irrelevant. Uh, and he also said, this is a rare pick of Terry carrying his own bag. Officially, I am done. I will not drop below the negative snake line again. I blame it on the Tito's and the Diet Ike, brother. So Hogan said he's not going to respond, and, and that's good, he's a bigger man. Well, Beefcake responded with a screenshot of an email from his ex-wife saying she was with Hogan, and he badmouthed Beefcake. He followed up with a tweet Hogan implied there was an incident between Hogan and his current wife. Well, he put, HH hangs out with my ex-wife and bashes me all weekend, blames it on Tito's, do unto others. And then he said, maybe someone's guilty because they stabbed me in the back, not the other way around. Chew on that. I'm out, Beefcake said. <laughs> well, all this started when my wife wouldn't drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, well, there we go. So that's Beefcake. But then he did his silence and addressed the situation to which Beefcake responded with a slew of tweets. So what did Hogan say? Uh, okay, I'm back above the snake line. Not like myself, I guess. I was just remembering the way it was. Thank God for higher ground, praying for them. And then Beefcake said, well, hanging out with my ex-wife, trashing a person who always had your back, keep praying to that false good of yours. Jesus is my saviour. And Beefcake posted a screenshot of a message from his ex-wife saying Hogan was spending time with her because he he is the godfather of her daughter with Beefcake. But Beefcake accused Hogan and his ex-wife of brainwashing his daughter and alienating him from her life. Parental alienation for seven years, and that's the truth. Hogan never had time for my ex or my daughter until he ended our friendship. He said, it's been over since my wife rejected him. My daughter is upset over a tweet, but not upset. She hasn't seen her father. Uh, Ice on the cake. My daughter retweets Hogan insulted me because my ex has her brainwashed. 
Marcus. And he said, if Hogan were a friend, he'd stay away from my daughter and ex-wife. I had ne- had never had time for them before. Mr. Positive, this is all to hurt me. Uh, you need to get your facts straight. I pay child support or I'll be in jail. I don't see Anna Leslie because her mother has her brainwashed. Well, Beefcake reaffirmed that the uh, that his wife turned Hogan down when he made a pass at her, and that's why he hates her. He also posted a picture of his ex-wife with Hogan. That's why he doesn't like my current wife. She set him straight. And then he said, uh, a raising family. I've been alienated by my daughter, Elena, for more than five years. My daughter is completely brainwashed by my ex-wife and believes my new wife is to blame for the breakup. My marriage was over for years before. So what turned into quite... Well, I was going to say quite a funny little thing between Hogan and Briefcake. Kind of proves like Briefcake's in a fucking bad place at the moment, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, well... He, um, <laughs> that got deep. That got personal then, you know? is Hogan really helping it? But, you know, it's... Is it all just a bit of heat? Extra heat for his book? Well, you would hope so, but you, you see that, you know, losing Hogan as a friend, thinking his daughter's not talking to him, his ex-wife's got a new wife now. And it's, yeah, I mean, Beefcake's in a difficult place and he has to kind of get into the limelight somehow because he gets forgotten about. You name wrestlers from the 80s, you know, he's going to be low, low down. And the reason he had so much success was because of Hogan as well. And, and it just proves if you carry his bags and let him, you know, to help take wipe his ass for him and stuff like this, do you know what I mean? So we kind of know this, and this is how Triple H got the job in the click. So we know that works for people, but yeah. with Beefcake, it's not been that successful. Now, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega will finally meet inside the ring at Wrestle Kingdom 12 on January 4th as the two will headline the New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, the promotion shared the news via Twitter. Say Megaton News, a cleaner versus Y2J at hashtag Wrestle Kingdom 12, the showdown in Tokyo. And like you said, the, the two have been going back and forth on social media for weeks. And Amiga said, hate to be fired and forced to go to the majors. You guys come off about as cool as Gado's haircut and red pyjamas. Stay out of our business. Weirdly enough, we saw Gado, I think, on... Halloween Havoc, it was either Jado or Gado, we saw, called Sparta Tag Teams in Control. But anyway, Omega defended his IWGP United States Championship, a power struggle defeating Trent Beretta, yes, that Trent Beretta, before Jericho cut a promo that was shown on the big screen, calling himself the best wrestler in the world and the alpha. The 46-year-old made his challenge, which the champion immediately accepted. Well, Jericho hasn't been seen inside the ring since July appearances at WWE SmackDown Live. And hasn't fought outside the WWE since 1999. Wrestle Kingdom 12 will take place at the iconic Tokyo Dome. And we'll see Kazuchika Okada defend his heavyweight championship against Tetsuya Naito in the main event. Yeah, and also of course the Chris Jericho match. Vincent Mann has come out with his blessings for it now. And they said uh, Chris Jericho did talk to him about it because... They obviously did the WWE agreement. But it's interesting. Will you be keeping an eye on the, the events that unfold in Japan at the start of the year, Dan? Probably not, no. <laughs> Doesn't tickle your fancy? Uh, no, not really. You know, it's... Uh, I think it... It all boils down to Amiga's impending arrival to WWE. I mean, uh... why would Chris... Why would Vince McMahon allow Chris Jericho to wrestle in, you know, no disrespect yeah. to NJPW, but a lesser promotion than WWE if he wasn't getting something in return. Well, that's a very interesting point. We'll see how it develops. I think I, I, I will be watching it. Cause it'll be weird to see Jericho outside the WWE ring, like we say, for the first time in nearly 20 years. 
Yeah, 20 years now. Fucking hell. Right, up next. We haven't talked about it in a couple of weeks, but it is now time to talk about Paige. Paige. Well, in March this year, X-Fated photos and videos of WWE Diva Paige were leaked online by unknown hackers. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. They definitely were. Now, another file containing more X-Rated photos of the diva has surfaced online. Yeah, they have. Although it is behind a leak, this time it can be found that the leak content belongs to Paige. The leak photos were uploaded on a celebrity gossip site called Celebji Had earlier today and show Paige, whose real name is Seria Jade Beavis, taking selfies and WhatsApp screenshots of explicit photos along with chat conversations with WWE wrestler Xavier Woods. A Twitter account was also found posting the leaked content on social media site. The 25-year-old is planned to make a comeback to WWE after, undoing, after undergoing successful neck surgery. However, it seems like the latest leak did not affect her plan since there has been no tweet from the diva, and like in March when she confirmed in a tweet that her personal private photos of mine were stolen and shared. The hackers who leaked the personal content of Paige have vowed to release more in coming days. However, Paige is not the only WWE celebrity whose privacy has been invaded. In fact, the same hackers have also leaked photos of WWE's diva and ring announcer Jojo, whose real name is Josanne Alexi. The leaked photos were uploaded on celebrity gossip site showing Jojo taking private photos and selfies of herself. There has been no comment by Jojo in the latest, on the latest leak. When it comes to invasion of privacy, the year 2017 has been a bad year for WWE celebrities. Until now, personal and private photos of WWE divas Maria, Melina, Caitlin, Charlotte Flair and Victoria have already been leaked online. Yeah, like you said, like, it has not been a good year 2017. They're all their great ones. Well, Maria, it depends yeah. on which way you're looking at it because I think it's been a great year for leaked photos. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, Charlotte Flair and Victoria, maybe not, but... Yeah. Caitlin's, yeah, okay. Melina, Maria, Marina, real one I saw the other day. I mean, my word. Uh, oh. I mean, obviously, I have to investigate these and make sure, you know, just for uh, journalistic purposes. Educational purposes. I, I would never, ever do that. that. Okay, moving on. David Boy Smith Jr., former WWE superstar, he saved a young woman who threatened to take her life by jumping off a bridge in Canada. Now, I've got a view on this. I want your view at the end of the story, Dan, all right? I've read the story. So, Harry Smith, the wrestler's real name, posted on Facebook his life-changing act last Sunday. In the post, he said there's everything possible thanks to his training as a grappler in the wrestling ring. In one of the photos he shared on his Facebook account, Smith was seen pinning the suicidal girl to the ground and not letting her move as well. The British-Canadian's swift act of bravery was confirmed by the authorities through a report on Global News. Once the woman's identity was confirmed, she was then taken to the hospital for further mental evaluation and assistance. Smith said he had just gone past Bonus Road in Calgary while driving up... Oh, I know that one. Yeah, that goes right up to 17th. When he saw the girl who was a complete emotional wreck. The wrestler knew that her gestures were leading to suicide as she was standing off the edge of a bridge. With people on the ground waving her not to jump, I decided to grab hold of her and not take any chances. She started to slide and wanted to go more as I grabbed a hold of her. Luckily, with my years of grappling and self-defence, I knew how to grab her. Hard. And how to pull her up from hanging off and jumping, Smith wrote on his post. He added that the woman told him she was carrying a gun, which made the former wrestler even more adamant on keeping her pinned to the ground. Well, he thanked his fans for all the positive comments and reactions he received on this post. At length, the wrestler said that life is more, is precious and being given the opportunity to save one meant more than winning a championship by WWE. Can, can I just say, right, is, did he save someone's life there or not? 
Uh, he's saying that, oh, I did something fantastic. And, no, you didn't. You grabbed a woman and pinned her to the ground. Anywhere else, you'd be arrested for it. But, I mean, what Indeed, do you, what do you yes. see it as, Dan? Do you think he saved someone's life there? Um, well, you know, where it says, uh, you know, there's people on the ground waving at her not to, not to jump. He decided to grab hold of her and not take any chances, but... You know, this girl could what, wait until there's no one about and then jump off the bridge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why did she do it for? It was a and cry for help, wasn't it? the thing that annoys me is why does he have to post it on Facebook? <laughs> it fucking annoys me. People doing something selfless and then they've got to go and tell everyone on fucking Facebook. That, That's what winds me up. The thing that annoys me and, and yeah, as well... I put 20p in a charity box so I filmed it and posted it to my Facebook... Just so I could get people to fucking like it. I'm going to make you a lifesaver, Dan, all right? This is how easy... Well, I say how easy. Dan, I'm going to kill myself. James, don't kill yourself. Thank you, Dan, for saving my life. There I'll we post go. that on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to tweet. <laughs> now that I've got 280 characters, I can fully accept, express myself in a fucking tweet and just get loads of likes. Fuck's sake. Well, anyway, I saw that before we talk about it. All right, so departures... And the story of Neville leaving the WWE in the last month disappointed a lot of fans because he was one of the best performers in the company this year. When Neville lost the Cruiserweight Championship to Enzo Amore, many of us hoped this would mean Neville would take his awesome heel character into feuds with wrestlers on the main roster rather than other Cruiserweights. Instead, Neville asked for his release, and that was nearly a month ago. So fans are wondering, what's up? Well, in the latest Neville update, it was reported by Sports Illustrated that Neville's release will be drawn out meaning that WWE isn't simply going to let him go as he pleases, while noting that it is affecting WWE's payroll. They're likely going to let his contract expire or come to some agreement. That is why there hasn't been any sort of official comment from WWE regarding Neville since early October, when this story made its way onto the internet. Well, this is a similar situation situation to what Rey Mysterio dealt with a few years ago when WWE renewed Rey Mysterio's deal without telling him which led to him not getting out of his WWE as early as he wanted he may have wanted to be a free man uh, to be free from WWE earlier than that but from WWE's perspective they were not obligated to grant him a release just because he asked for it in the case of current Smackdown general manager Daniel Bryan most people know that he wants to wrestle again but WWE has his concussion history Bryan could try to ask for his release and walk out but if he did that, the WWE would do what they did to Mysterio to prevent. All we know with Brian is that his deal is up in September 2018. And at that point, he could walk away from WWE so he can go back to Ring of Honor and try to try and wrestle again. That's going to be one of the biggest stories of 2018, no doubt about it. But we move on to this. I saw it, and I know we're talking about This is something I saw. A frequent complaint about Impact Wrestling is that crowds for the usual tapings in Orlando at the Universal Studios' back lot don't always consist of die-hard fans. And maybe they weren't at the park specifically to see Abyss or Gail Kim. They probably got some cheer-boo prompts from producers. But at least they weren't being paid to sit there. Well, the same cannot be said for this week's taping in Ottawa. Apparently, a tweet from a now protected account for Smythe Casting alerted fans and media in shows for the sh- at the uh, Aberdeen Pavilion. This is crazy. So, principal cast breakdown for Impact Wrestling. Follow the instructions below. Please email if you fit the criteria. This is what you need to send them. Please send us your full name, age, phone number, email address. You must be Ottawa local, non-union only, non-speaking role. 
Filming dates, Tuesday, November 7th, Thursday, November 9th, 7pm. Pay rate, 12, uh, 12.50 an hour for four hours work, $50 per day of work. Is that including free tickets? That's, in, that's they're getting, yeah, the 50, <laughs> you're sitting there and you're getting $50. Uh, uh, they're saying anyone 16 years or younger must have a parent and or guardian with them at all times. Uh, 50 to 75 times audience members, 50 to 75 times audience members, audience members per day. Uh, any ethnicity, bring friends and family. Applicants can work more than one day, so please mention if you're available to be hired for multiple days. Wardrobe, uh, casual clothing, t-shirts, jeans, sweatshirts, weekend casual. You may be given signs to hold. You're encouraged to look at wrestlers on the website. Yeah, you can make your own signs. That would be very helpful. You will get more FaceTime on TV as well. You will get to sit in the audience and watch a thrilling night of wrestling provided to you. Act. <coughs> oh my God. Each day of filming would be four hours long. Well, the concept of papering shows or giving away tickets has re-entered the discussion lately due to pictures of unpacked WWE shows making around. I mean, the impact thing was crazy, but... This one, San Antonio, isn't hashtag under siege. No, it's experienced a bullet club invasion, and that includes your November 17th NXT house show. Okay, Cody, the Young Bucks, and Marty Skrill probably won't show up to the Aztec Theatre, but they're responding to WWE adding Shawn Michaels to that show. With well, this online primer. Yeah, they had an online primer and it fires a lot of familiar shots in the direction of Stanford. The cease and desist over rights are too sweet. Complaining about the use of Dusty Rose creation. Jokes about needing to get, give away tickets to fill seats. And accusing NXT of piggybacking on Ring of Honor Survival, the fittest show, occurring in San Antonio on that Friday in November. It does turn the jabs into a funny promotion for Ring of Honor's event. The Bullet Club is offering a temper tickets to anyone whose last name is McMahon. Providing they prove it with photo ID. Matt Jackson has even confirmed it applies to Vince, Shane, Stephanie, Linda, or anyone with that popular Irish surname. So I tell you what, if you're in the Ottawa area and you're named McMahon, you're going to go a lot of fleet free, you're going to get a lot of discounts this year. So it could we saw SmackDown? We saw a couple of these pictures, didn't we, of the SmackDown side uh, not having a lot in attendance. Uh, but I think to pay is a ridiculous level, uh, you know, a reaction to it. But that's what Impact are doing now. With Ring of Honor, they, they're going great guns. And we'll speak about the Bullet Club and the Ring of Honor show on the NXT Live as well. But that is news for uh, this week's show. So departures, we move on. And Emma, Darren Young and Summer Rae were released from the WWE on Sunday the 29th of October. The company announced on its website. Well, you know, for, for a couple of them, it's, it's not really a, a big surprise, but... Uh, well, neither Young nor Summer had featured much on the WWE programming recently. According to the Internet Wrestling Database, Young last wrestled on a main event taping January the 16th, while Summer's last match was August the 14th, 2016. <laughs> yeah, so we're not going to really miss them at the moment. Emma, however, is coming off a pair of high-profile matches with Oscar. She lost to the Empress of Tomorrow at TLC on October 22nd, and then again the next night on Raw. As Justin LeBarn noted... The general direction of Emma's matches with Oscar is even more puzzling, with the former's sudden departure. Yeah, he said Emma's release sure makes me wish Oscar would have beaten her in about 90 seconds rather than 10 minutes at TLC. Makes more sense for Oscar. Well, Emma more than held her own with Oscar, which seemingly hinted the WWE had plans to make her more of a threat in the women's division. 
Instead, she's out of the company altogether. Well, leaving WWE could be a blessing in disguise for Emma, Young and Summer Rae. A number of former WWE stars have enjoyed much more success outside of the company than they did inside of it. And Drew McIntyre is also an example of a wrestler who left WWE only to return in a much stronger position. Less than a year after debuting at NXT, championship from Bobby Roode at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 in August. Emma, in particular, could gain significantly by wrestling on the independent circuit. She was one of the best in-ring performers in WWE's women division, but rarely received the kind of showcase afforded to Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, or Becky Lynch. Well, Emma now has the opportunity to show beyond a shadow of a doubt how talented she is. Uh, <laughs> and from this, Leo Rush, who has just joined of NXT, found himself in hot water with his colleagues after posting a remark on Twitter. Well, young WWE star Leo Rush has found himself in bother over tweeting over a tweet mocking Emma's release. She reacted to the news by tweeting a heartbroken emoji following the announcement, but not everyone was feeling sympathetic about her losing her job. Well, the 22-year-old Rush, who only joined the NXT brand in August, tweeted, I guess these are the things that happen when you're not truly ready for Oscar. Well, he later deleted the tasteless tweet after a barrage of criticism from several of WWE's top superstars. Well, Rush later posted a so-called apology that got him in further trouble. In a long-winded statement, he said, at the end of the day, there's a certain level of respect within professional, wrestler, wrestler, professional wrestlers in the sports and entertainment industry that is noted within peers. With that being said, Emma, I respect you and everything you've done for our business. It saddens me that the controversial tweet got completely blown out of proportion and looked at in a very insensitive way. Well, Bray Wyatt led a barrage of criticism from fellow W performers. He said, as a family man with a four-year-old son and expecting another, I would never laugh or mock the fact of someone losing their job because of how it can affect self-person and their families. Whatever the situation may be regarding the release, you're an amazing performer and respected athlete by yours truly, and I'm sure you excel beyond expectations. To my fans who may have seen this as inappropriate as inappropriate as well as Emma's fans, I apologise and I love you all, regardless of the response. On behalf of myself and the WWE, good luck. Well, Manchester-born Jack Gallagher, a member of the, the 205 Cruiserweight division, was not impressed. He commented, apologising because people don't like your didn't like your joke, not for joking about someone losing their job. Also try the English classes at the Performance Centre. Tessa Blanchard, who was in the May Young tour, glad to see this from you. Sean Walton just put, dude. <laughs> and King Ricochet, Ricochet, my good friend, who I've met and had a laugh and a joke with and a, and a good photo with, soon to be joining the WWE, said, you're trash. Yeah, so I guess we're going to see Ricochet and Leo Rush teaming up. Anyway, over the past few months... Emma started getting a little cocky about her contributions to the WWE's women division. Perhaps stemming from some real-life frustrations, she began to refer to herself as a person who actually started in the WWE. Well, this accolade is typically <coughs> this accolade is typically reserved for Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bailey, and Alexa Bliss whose work in NXT was unquestionably groundbreaking. However, it's hard to remove Emma's contribution to reigniting women's wrestling in the modern era. Her match with Paige brought an end to the tournament to crown the first ever NXT Women's Champion. Well, throughout the road to this final match, Emma and Paige both established themselves as worthy and credible contenders. 
They performed entertaining and sound matches at every occasion. Well, the match itself was a wonderful slow burn, starting out very methodically, only to gain intensity and emotion as it wore on. The competition team was selling the storyline perfectly, the crowd was super hot, and the finish was absolutely outstanding. Emma may have lost the match as well, but it was a defining moment for her, Paige, and women's wrestling. It began a shift in the perception of women's wrestling. Remember the WWE main roster. <coughs> Remember the WWE's main roster still not had divas. Still had di- <coughs> It began a shift in the perception of women's wrestling. Remember the WWE main roster still had divas and not a women's division. Sure, the women were improving and performed like wrestlers more than your Attitude Era divas, but they were still a, they were still disconnected. As if women's wrestlers couldn't be taken as seriously as their male counterparts. Well, this is something that will forever be Emma, and uh, it will be forever, This is something that will be forever be Emma's, and we will be hard pressed to forget her part in it. And finally, Paige, who has feuded with Emma in the past, tweeted the following regarding her release. She said, "Thank you, Emma. Starter of a divas revolution." Uh, so I thought that was a nice way to end after all the, the controversy by uh, Leo Rush. And it's a shame to see Emma, but you weren't that bothered, were you? <laughs> um, no, you know, it's, again, it's, I think it's mainly something of, you know, she was kind of lost in the shuffle. Don't get me wrong, you know, she did play a good part. Her character was brilliant. Well, as for recently released talents like Emma, Darren Young and Summer Rae, it was reported that they are being paid by W through the end of February on non-compete deals and they won't be able to sign anywhere until March. So basically they've got November, December, January and most of February off paid. Mm. Damn, I'd like to get sacked from the That's not a bad company. That's not a bad contract. I know they can't, they can work, I think, you know, once they'll be able to work independence and stuff like that, but it's least they're still getting paid. And we move on to NXT update. And Dan, w- when does NXT update start? Now! to NXT update and it's October the 25th NXT 417 and the March to Houston and NXT TakeOver War Games continued on the WWE Network as Roger Strong and CN battled for the opportunity to enter NXT Championship contention. That match headlined a show that also featured the fourth superstar to join the fatal four-way match for the vacant NXT Women's Championship and the first opportunity for Danny Birch and only Lorkin to earn a tag team victory. It's all about the important stuff here on NXT Update, i tell you that. Prior to the opening video, General Manager William Regal informed us that due to circumstances by which she was taken out of a qualifying match, Nikki Cross will have another chance to earn a title shot in Houston during tonight's Battle Royal. Regal has also spoken to Undisputed Era, Sanity and Authors of Pain about last week's show closing melee and proper conduct next week. Uh, and proper conduct at NXT. 
Well, next week, the authors get their rematch, and whichever members of the champs isn't officially in the match will be banned from ringside. But we start off with Danny Birch and only Lorkin, only, only Lorkin, versus Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. And Tino Sabatelli, we, I saw him on breaking ground coming through. He's, uh, well, on the left here, uh, short air. But uh, Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss have been teaming up now uh, for, uh, I think, about a year. But this is the first time Birch and Lorcan are together. You excited to see this tag team? I am, yeah. They've they've had brilliant matches against each other. And, you know, I'm looking to see how well they work. Because they are very similar wrestlers as well. Not yeah. only in looks, not only in trunks, but in, in ring ability as well. So, yeah. you know, it should be an interesting match between the two of them. Yeah, no, I love it. It's, it's so vicious as well. As you've seen only with the uppercuts and the slaps that he does. And Birch has got that kind of old school... British style to him as well, which vicious. Only hits uh, Moss with a drop kick. Tags in Danny Birch for the first time. Well, quick tags between the two. See how well these work as a team going against an actual tag team. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see Sabatelli and Moss in action here more on NXT. I mean, they look very muscular, but very green, you know, whereas I think Birch and Lorcan are kind of down and dirty. But I think they'll be a good uh, team in the tag team division. I think we need more teams anyway in NXT. And I think it would be a good thing to see. At the moment, Danny Birch, though, being taken down by Tino. Kicks the midsection, backs into the corner. Irish whipping Birch into the corner. Birch dogs, dodges it. And with a step up in Seguri, but that was mainly blocked by Sabatelli. Clever by him. Throws uh, Birch in, goes running towards him. Didn't block the feet up from Birch. And he didn't drop that double drop kick off the second rope from him. Oh, but Tino only kicks out at one. One. And the dancing referee is officiating. No Jessica Carr. No, no Jessica, yeah. But one of our favourite... I think NXT officials are our favourite out of all of them. (laughs) We've got a real bond. And Riddick... uh, Tio Samatelli absolutely taking out Danny Birch over the clothesline. Samatelli tagging in Moss. These two are going to both try and work over Danny Birch. Well, at least they've got the same colour trunks, which I like. In tag team. So, you know, the potential. You don't need to do a lot in tag team wrestling to impress me. You just need to... Look similar. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But have a distinctive way of telling each other apart as well, though, which <laughs> yeah. would be good. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't like heavy machinery in that way. Sometimes it's, it's always easier. But Moss and Sabatelli, double teaming well. Slam the corner and then a spear followed up by Moss. He throws him into Tilo. Oh, a lovely drop kick there. Brilliant leaping ability. From the young lad. Goes for the cover on Birch. Oh. With Birch managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Well, we know Daddy Birch is a veteran in the sport. But Tino is actually a former NFL player who was quite successful in the game. Now, I'm not a huge NFL fan, so I don't know a lot. But I know he was a millionaire and he could have stayed doing the easy job of being a commentator or other, uh, other things like that. And he started from the ground up in NXT. And I'm sure people in America know who he is. I mean, but I think that's quite a, kind of, you know, quite a good thing rather than coming in at a kind of... A, you know, certain level. You start at the bottom, try and work your way up. And I mean, it's obviously he's improved. I think we actually saw him live <clears> with Moss that, uh, when we were there for NXT. So very green, but a lot of upside potential. It's Birch now. Oh, <laughs> ducks and dodges his way to get a tag to Only Lorkin, who unleashes the chops on both Sabatelli and Moss. Welcome working them both down. <laughs> yeah. Now he's running uppercuts, taking out both oh. men. With a vicious assault, a lovely snapmare takedown there. That is wonderful stuff. But now Lorca's got caught by Moss. Oh, fall away, slam into the bottom turnbuckle. That couldn't have been nice landing. And Birch up the apron. Oh, oh but Moss takes him out. Tags in Sabatelli. And now what's Moss and Tina going to do? 
Jacks him up. Ooh. He's got him up the gory special. Oh. And he bulldogs him from the gory special. Free. Oh. And that's the victory for Sabatelli and Moss. They looked really strong going over on Lorcan and Birch. They did, didn't they? Not too bad. And a uh, bit surprised Birch and Lorcan have lost this one. But what do you think of the match, Dan? It was quite a good match. It was f- very fast paced. I don't think it slowed down for a second there. Um, it made really good. It did, didn't it? And like I say, Danny Birch and Andy Orkin used to spend Wednesday nights beating the ever-loving hell out of each other. And they teamed up, but unfortunately did lose to Tino and Riddick Moss. And they were seeking, a tandem seeking its first breakout victory. Well, the team of Sabatelli and Moss have been looking for that one defining victory that would earn them a bit of momentum they could carry into the future. They may have got on it tonight, but with their victory over Lorcan and Birch, the grizzled vets have credibility with the audience. Beating them, at least as relatively unknown commodities, is a big deal for Sabatelli and Moss. Yeah, I mean, because they're a tag team, you know, and these two guys just getting together as a team, even though we've seen them on NXT in recent weeks. But whether they can push forward and dominate the competition, t- competition en route to a tag team push or not remains to be seen. But that for now, this is a step in the right direction for the long-running tandem. And up now, we've got the Women's Battle Royal. Ember Moon and Kari Sane already announced for the Fatal 4-Way match to determine the new NXT Women's Champion. The fourth and final competitor will be revealed courtesy of this Battle Royal. Well, Mario Ronaldo recaps Tanaira Conti's undisputed era-influenced interference in the first triple threat qualifier and then catches us up on three women already entered in the TakeOver's Championship match. Mike Rome is in the ring to handle instructions for the Battle Royal. Candice LeRae, uh, Billy Kay with Paint Rice and Nikki with the final entrance announced after a commercial. So we've got, like I said, Tanaira Conte's... Conte, Rhea Ripley, Zayda, Dakota Kai... Renia Gonzalez, uh, Aaliyah, Numpf, Numpf, Vanessa Bourne, Sage Beckett, Garrett, Abby Leif, Sarah Logan, Evans, Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, Martinez, and Billy Cray. Billy Kay. Yeah, and of course, Nikki Cross. Who is angry. So she's very, very angry. But we see mostly women from May Young Classic. So uh, it should be interesting. Who is your favourite going into this one? Well, one. One concern I do have is that Kari Sane had to win five matches. Yeah. <laughs> four or five matches to become, com- like, you know, to a competitor for this match. And yet she's in a fatal four-way with a woman who could have only potentially won one match yeah. in the May Young Classic. Yeah, yeah. That's and right. yet still qualify by just sheer luck. Yeah, Bianca Belair lost, Belair lost to, like, say, Kari Sane and May Young. She could win this match here and find her opportunity. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, i got to favour, you know, even <laughs> Peyton Royce. But here comes Nikki Cross already. Well, she didn't waste a beat getting straight in there and just anyone with a pulse, basically. Well, I think she I think she picked out Tanara Conte after, of course, she got involved in the match costing Nikki. This is Nikki's second chance. And uh, Conte throwing Cross into the corner trying to eliminate her. Oh, Cross landed. Uh, Conte landed on the outside. But Nikki Cross... Well, she just pulled her up just top rope. in her face <laughs> and pushed her off. And that is a bit of vengeance there for Nikki. Yeah. Nikki would like that. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, but Conti's pulled her out, but she didn't go over the top rope, so Cross is still safe in this match. Oh, but she's just thrown into the barricade and the referee's trying to stop it now. 
And I don't think this is over between these two women. But like I said, a little bit of retribution. I mean, I've got a favour maybe Bianca Belair in this. So I know I talked about her. But athletically, Bianca she's great. Bianca Belair with the long hair. Yeah. That was just nasty by... Uh... Peyton Royce throwing Nikki Cross into the stairs. I want Candice LeRae. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're picking this. at my young classic, <laughs> yeah. Or Billy Kay's in a bit of trouble there. Can't discredit her, she might have the numbers advantage. Vanessa Bourne, one of your picks in the May Young Classic, also in there. Ben, yes. Tessa Blanchard, one of mine, released, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to, what's happened to, uh, oh, and Numph. Numph. She's one of your picks. Yeah, I like Numph. you got to credit a lie here. Where's, uh, well, the woman who There's Numphler. The final. There's Numphler. Oh, Martinez in a bit of trouble in the corner. Oh, that's not Candice Ray on the floor. Candice Ray's in the corner. That is um, Abby Leif. I remember Abby Leif. She had a great first round match of the May Young Classic. Distinctive look about her. Noel Foley's in there as well. Oh, I'll tell you I wish was in there. Going to get eliminated. Who? Pokey. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, she's teetering. Is she going to go? Oh, wow. She gets taken out by the legs of uh, Zeta or Rhea Ripley. Oh, my. Oh, Zayda, yeah. Zayda took out Rhea Ripley inadvertently, well, with her legs by Bianca Belair, and then Belair threw Zayda out. Yeah, that's not a nice show of power there, Bianca Belair. Unfortunately, Zayda and Rhea Ripley are no more, but we've still got a lot of people. Dakota Kai is still in there. Viper is not in there. Piper Niven. Piper Niven, I wish she was in it. If Piper Niven was in there, then it would be an unfair advantage because she gave one side of the ring, it would tilt, and then everybody would be dumped over the top row. <laughs> oh, look, Brock Lesnar versus Jinder Mahal promo. Can't wait for that. Oh, that great match. Oh, oh, my dream match. Maybe not. There's Candice LeRae. Martinez hanging over the top with Billy Kay trying to get her out. Peyton Rice. Peyton Rice. Looking on for ringside, and oh, Abby Lace in a bit of trouble. Well, Peyton Rice is going to want some assistance in the match, so uh, Billy Kay mm-hmm. staying in the match would help her out a lot. Oh, Lacey Evans over there. Let's not discredit her. Uh, who else we got in the match? I have a moment. Uh oh, Billy Kay's going to get her out. Ooh. Be- oh, look at the power. Oh, oh Dakota Kai's gone at the hands of Sage Beckett. And Sage Beckett, very impressive, trying to kick Belair out. Vanessa Bourne over there, we haven't mentioned her much. No, oh. she's been relatively quiet. Abby Leif trying to get, get, I think Lacey Evans over the top. Leif there's a bit of trouble, oh, just fighting off. And Nikki Cross hasn't made it back into the ring since her beatdown. No, she's been a bit beat down, and oh, is that an elimination? That looks like Raina Gonzalez has been eliminated by Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett, very impressive here. Where's Numph? Numph is still in. She's in the corner, I do believe. Well, here comes Nikki Cross. She looks angry. And all the women piling up. Oh, <laughs> takes them down like Skittles. <laughs> Sponsored by Skittles. Please send me some. Taste the rainbow. And oh, Billy Kay's got Nikki Cross. Stopped with a forearm. And now she's giving it out to all of them. Leray, Leif, Vanessa Bourne now. <laughs> Nikki Cross is moving, <laughs> is hitting anything that moves. Oh. Bang, crossroads for her. <laughs> to get and now, oh! Arm to the face and Nikki Cross going to go eliminate her. Yes. That is Vanessa Bourne gone. Here comes Beckett. Oh, there goes Beckett. Cross gets rid of her. There goes Santana Garrett. Oh! Hey. 
And Nicky Cross has gone absolutely She's crazy. She's on fire. Here comes Leif. Oh. oh. Bye-bye, Abby Leif. Oh, but Billy Kay's in there, slams Nicky Cross down. We've got Bianca Belair, Lacey Evans, Nicky Cross, Martinez... Billy Kay, Candice LeRae, Lace, Sarah, Sarah Logan. Logan's still in there. Oh, and uh, just as I said that, Sarah Logan's been eliminated by Martinez. Martinez, she was very impressive during the uh, during the um, May Young Classic. Yeah, got through to the semi-final. I said lost eliminated to... by uh, yeah Shania Basler. Yeah, and Bianca Belair got through and lost to Kari Sane, and now Lacey Evans kicking Bianca, uh, Candice LeRae down. Oh, oh. <laughs> she gets tripped on the outside and she's eliminated. So now it's the final five. Martinez, Belair, Candice LeRae, Nikki Cross. Of course, Billy Kay. Bank LeRae showing her power, pushing off Martinez. Oh, and Candice LeRae stopped in the corner. Well, Bianca Belair's working her shoulder into the midsection of Candice LeRae. And Martinez just slowly getting her breath back. And Nikki Cross has been beaten down by Billy. Candice LeRae up top, right, second row. That's not the best place to be on the top turnbuckle at the moment. Now Belair with the forearms. But LeRae's fighting back. Nikki Cross with Martinez slams her into the top rope. Top rope, top turnbuckle. Trying to get her over. And oh, nice headbutt by Nikki Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You don't see many headbutts in the women's division, but it's all good. Well, Nikki Cross is involved there. There's not a lot you can't put past there. <laughs> oh! oh the strength of Bel Air. She's got Candice LeRae. Oh! Throws her down onto. The other competitors outside the ring. And what a show of power by Bianca. And now there's only the fight. It's the final four. It's the final countdown. And each woman goes to their corner in a classic four-way standoff. Which way is this going to go? Will it be Bianca Belair, Billy Kay, Martinez, a shot maybe, Nikki Cross. <laughs> Look at well, Nikki, Nikki Cross has gone straight for Martinez. <laughs> And Belair's gone straight for Billy Kay. And now uh, working her down the top rope. And Cross has just got Martinez just down, just hurting her. Here comes Belair. Already powered Candice LeRae over. <laughs> but voice says, hey, I'll catch you. Oh, but Billy Kay's in a bit of a prone position here. And oh! oh! <laughs> oh! She's using her hair to hold a Bianca Belair's long hair to hold herself up. She's pulling herself up back up to the top rope. <laughs> I have never seen that happen in a battle royal before. And she bounces Belair's head off the top turnbuckle and makes her way back into the ring by the skin of her teeth. I'm starting to like the iconic duo. Billy Kay showing why. Oh! And then Belair's <laughs> using her hair as a whip to take down Billy Kay. Oh, no! And Martinez stops... Bianca Belair, oh my word, big right hand. <clears throat> and Nikki Cross has got that crazed look in her <laughs> eye as she's prone in the corner. Oh! Jumps on the back of Billy Kay. <laughs> oh no! Takes her down and both women go tumbling out of the ring. Yeah, but not over the top ropes. They're both women still in this match. So at the moment, the only two women in the ring is Belair and Martinez. Oh, <laughs> Belair spears Martinez. Out of harm's way. Well, she don't want anyone to use that to pull themselves back in. It's <laughs> a smart way of doing it. And Belair going to get Martinez out. Look, powers are up. We know the power. Bianca, eliminate Martinez. Oh, but Martinez is holding on for dear life, punching the midsection of Belair. Oh, and a Ric Flair-like knife-edge chop. Woo! And Martinez again on Belair, sending her back. And this is vicious forearms. We saw this kind of offence. 
in the May Young Classic. Martinez looking to dump her out. I guess Cross, Benny K haven't recovered at ringside yet. Oh, Martinez building up a head of steam, bouncing off the ropes. Oh, oh. big boot. But Belair hanging on. Well, she's still on the apron somehow. On second row, here comes Martinez again. Oh, no. <laughs> Belair dodges it. Oh, this doesn't look good. Oh, catches Martinez with a kick to the face of the second rope. Now suplexes are over. Both women now precarious on the apron. One false move and both these women could be out. Looks like Martinez is going to get it. No, it looks like Belair. Oh, oh Nikki Cross takes them both out of the equation. Oh, but Benny Kay over oh. the top. She's won it. She thinks she won, but here comes Nikki Cross. Cross hangs on. Oh. Low bridges her. Oh. Hang leg up on the top rope. Nikki. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and Nikki Cross there. I think she eliminated a majority of yeah. them women. At least half. Yeah. At least half. <laughs> At least half. What a by Nikki Cross. I mean, this kind of new... I know she's meant to be a face, but she's just crazy as a box of rocks, isn't she? That's exactly. What... She's nuttier than a squirrel's turd. But <laughs> I'm glad to see she's picking up the pace now. Oscar's gone. Yes. That's exactly what we want to see. Fantastic by Nikki Cross. A dominant woman, exactly. And i got to say, for me, one of the, I think the favourite going in to the, oh, this match at TakeOver. Say, oh, I don't know. It's going to be a difficult one because I like Ember Moon. I like Kari <laughs> Sane. I like Nikki Cross. I know. And so that means Peyton Royce, that gonna Peyton win. Royce is going to win, yeah. <laughs> but Billy Kay, credit to her, i got to say. Uh, <clears throat> she did so well in this one, but unfortunately, a little too late. It's all fucking hell. Too little, too late for her, and Nikki Cross does get the victory. So we've got our fatal four-way match. It is going to be Kari Sane versus Ember Moon versus Peyton Royce. And William Regal comes out with the belt. And he's saying, this is what you could win, Nikki. <laughs> and Nikki did. Peyton Royce, Peyton Royce shouting at her. Oh, who's this? Ember Moon. Oh. We're going to see some eclipses tonight. <laughs> well, Ember is out here making a stake in her claim. So the way takeover. I see it is there's three faces and one hill. Yeah, Peyton Royce has got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to remember, Nikki Cross does have a history with Ember Moon, she has fought her in the past. And, of course, Kari's saying, well, she is the unknown commodity in this. And she's had a, she had a brilliant May Young Classic as well. Yeah. All her matches certainly delivered. So, you know, anything with Kari Sane involved should be amazing. Well, exactly. And here she's coming out, coming out to see exactly what this is all about. And uh, i got to tell you something, though. I was surprised all four out here. I wonder if something is going to kick off. Oh. Yeah, I was surprised that they remained civil there, but fair play to them. Well, earlier this week, Drew McIntyre was leaving the Performance Centre on his way to an international promotional tour. The media stops him before he can give them an official... Off to James Rollins. <laughs> he was the one that saw me on the independent scene, <laughs> and he said I should become NXT champion. James, I fucking love you. You know that, pal. I, um, I was a bit intimidated. <laughs> I, I know he's a big man. Well, we give them, uh, before you can give them official statement. Now, Zena Vega, Zelina Vega cuts him off, wanting to know where the contract for CN, what for CN's title match is. The champ tells her again that if Almas wants it, he needs to look him in the eye and ask him himself, like Roderick Strong did. Then he'll say, gracias. But until then, he tells her, adios. Vega is not interested in talking to the media after McIntyre walks off. So up next, Dan. 
Do you what I did here? Black in action. You see what I did there? It's clever, isn't it? Well, black in action. Oh, no, 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 no! Yes, it is Alistair Black. He is out here in NXT. It is going to be... I don't want to talk over it. It is your man. Oh, Oh, wait a minute. And the Velveteen Dream (laughs) pops up as if from nowhere. Throws Alistair Black stern and first into the steel ring steps. And now he's on his knees behind him. He's got Black... Well, once you go black, you never go back. Well, no, I, think that's, I think it's the case for both of them as Alistair now caught in between the ropes and look at the Velveteen Dream. And I think this is the most vulnerable we've ever seen Alistair Black, Dan, in NXT. Would you agree? Yeah. And the Velveteen Dream just wants a bit of recognition. Say my name. He slaps black. And look at Alistair Black. Not caring. Doesn't want to say his name. Here comes Velveteen Dream. Oh, runs into the foot of Alistair Black. Oh, looking for the Black Max <laughs> kick, but Velveteen Dream ducks out of dodge. Yeah, and that's what you get for fucking with Alistair B. Well, Velveteen Dream had the advantage, but now he knows he's got Alistair Black's attention. Well, the mind games and near misses that have defined this rivalry have helped make it one of the most intriguing and engaging in NXT today. The character work, including the body language of the hill, has been superb and elevated the entire angle in a way that having them wrestle six times leading to takeover war games never would have. Yeah, you're right about that. And as a reminder about next week's tag team title match, which is the author's pain, Tanity, it's main event time. And it is Roger Strong versus Cien. And I'm uh, surely... Don't call me Shirley. The, the winner will be number one contender for the NXT title. Well, Vega escorts her associate to the ring and grabs a mic. She says she didn't reach her level of success by being a patient woman. It's been a week and they still don't have an answer about a title match from Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. She gives the champ credit for climbing the mountain, but as he found out last time he was in WWE, it gets harder to breathe the higher you climb. McIntyre is ducking CN, but he'll find out, just like Roddy Strong is about to discover, they're not fit to share the championship air with Andrade CN. I tell you something, what a turn of fortunes for your 311 boy, eh? I mean, from someone who was, like, jobbing out most of the NXT takeovers to, like, the new guys debuting on the roster, now CN's one of the most dangerous, of course, beating Gagano. Can he beat Roderick Strong, a man we know the Undisputed Era is interested in? They're both on the apron at the moment. This is not going to be good. Oh, <laughs> and CN takes out his opponent, Roddy Strong. I mean, Strong's been in and about the title picture for... The best part of a few months now, he faced and beat your guy, Bobby Roode. And can he face and beat your guy, Drew McIntyre? You've got to remember, Roderick Strong has tried to beat Drew McIntyre and was unsuccessful. And to get back up there again and try and be a serious threat, this is what we talked about with Roderick Strong. I'm not I'm not that worried about him, to be but fair. how many attempts did it take for him to beat Bobby Roode? It, yeah, you're right. It did take him a couple of times to to exactly. sort it out. I know, I know you're right. Don't worry. You know, I'm, I'm worried about Drew McIntyre's uh, NXT. Uh, you know, who would top you challenges. be more worried about? 
McIntyre facing? Uh, at the moment... Uh, Apart from Alistair Black, of course. At, uh, Alistair Black's a pretty big one. In NXT at the moment, I think Cien is on a real roll at the moment, uh, picking up the victory. He's looking as dangerous as ever. We've seen his strikes, we've seen his submissions. Roderick Strong, again, how many times does it take to beat someone to get it right? I wouldn't want that. Uh, I would say Adam Cole is probably Drew McIntyre's biggest threat at the moment, just because of the Undisputed Era. But, I mean, there's so many as well. You throw insanity in the mix there if Eric Rung, you, you know. Are you a bit concerned that it's going to go like NXT has of of late? It's just going to go one champion throughout a majority of the year until he eventually loses and then gets pushed up? Or yeah. do you want to see I don't, a bit of change? I know it is McIntyre being champion, but would you like to see him lose it and then, you know, try and regain it as aside from going up, you know, potentially around WrestleMania time? Uh, I, I think McIntyre, I wouldn't mind being an entrant in the Royal Rumble if that was the case, if they were going to bring him up. I think McIntyre needs to be on the main roster sooner rather than later. I think if it was like a CN or a Strong, I could definitely see him win or lose in the championship a couple of times and having a run with it. You know, even though Strong's been in NXT for a while, I think a storyline like that would help. I think it would be imperfect with someone like Ty Dillinger. You know, trying to go for that title and maybe missing out. And then that final step, like I said, long storylines, as opposed to how long Sien got in NXT as well. Does he deserve the call-up to the main roster? What they are going to do with him? This is half the problem, isn't it? You know, we've got Authors of Pain challenging for tag team title when we thought as soon as they lose, they'd go up to the main roster. So, Oh, yeah, indeed, yeah. It's, it's interesting times, isn't it? You know, it could go either way. And as we've seen in this match, Sien had the majority, but Roger Strong... Trying to fight out. It's been very back and forth between these two men. Lovely arm drag takedown by Sien. Tries getting control back, but Roderick Strong with a knees to the midsection. Puts Sien on the mat for a little while. Well, we talk about Alistair Black quickly. When would you want to see him as NXT champion? Because, I mean, is it going to happen? I mean, when would you want to see it with? Would you want to see it wrestle? Legitimately go up to the main roster without needing to have won the title. Yeah, that's a fair point, yeah. You know, I think he is good enough for that. He's, He's, you know, I think... The fact of his character type as well, it helps him out because he's not much of a talker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's he may be crap on the mic, but no one would notice because he, he does all his talking or he does all his sitting in the ring. But do you think it could be, like, legitimate threat to someone like Brock Lesnar if he had, like, Heyman on his side? Do you think that gimmick, do you think that could finally work? You know, like we say, Heyman, he's a younger guy. Do you think being a mouthpiece of black, do you think you would see that as, like, a You know what I mean? Do you think they could build it as that? Is I that... could, yeah, I could see that, but I wouldn't want to see it go the way that it has with Baron Corbin because yeah, these true, two yeah. guys are similar characters. Yeah. I know that Alistair Black's a lot better in ring performer yeah. than, and plus he's a face as well, and he's so that's yeah. a slight difference as well. Yeah, you know, he's but he, I, I see him as you know a character similar. You know, he's got the build of uh, yeah, no, Corbin I know, as well. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Undefeated you know, streak that he got at the see moment. It going like that, you know, I'd like to see. Not necessarily remain undefeated because you know you know that. Yeah. I think that's been played out a bit with Oscar at the moment, but you know to have a good run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he'd be a great mid card champion, and you know potentially even a great 
a heavyweight champion yeah. at some point as well. I mean, I don't want to be biased, but I think McIntyre, for me, is ready to actually go challenge him for main events. Uh, it, the, 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 the McIntyre that we've seen in NXT, he's yeah. a McIntyre oh, on the yeah, main yeah. roster, I think could to come in and be legitimate threat. Like, when they title, if they did it with McIntyre, I'm, I'm 100% sure McIntyre's, you know, the, the successful reign of him and the kind of matches that he had. Well, there's differences between Mahal and McIntyre. Oh, I yeah. mean, McIntyre can actually wrestle for starters. <laughs> And, you know, he doesn't come across as a complete dick. Uh, well, talking about complete dicks, it looks like CN's going to be one to Roderick Strong. He's just hit the knees in the corner, going to put him away. Ooh. Strong managing to kick out. Uh, but we shouldn't be carried away about these two guys because, like you say, in the middle of the he's looking to try and beat Drew McIntyre for the NXT title. At TakeOver, he gets the opportunity and CN has been so impressive putting Roderick Strong down. But we've seen the toughness of Roderick Strong. Here comes Hammerlock DDT to finish it. Oh, but Strong gets Cien over his back, hits him with a big elbow. Cien responds in kind, and both men are exchanging <laughs> forearms, but Cien's starting to get the upper hand. Oh, oh, spinning back elbow there from Olmas. And now back in the corner. Boy, Cien do this. looking for the knees. Oh, oh, but Roderick Strong comes out with one of his own. And now he picks Cien up. Oh, oh. strong Angle slam. slam. <laughs> A strangle slam. Strangle. Well, that's what Ben... Oh! <laughs> oh big knee. <laughs> big knee by Strong. Oh. oh, Cien gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble. But here comes Roderick. Oh! Dives through feet first, lands on his own feet, but impressive takedown nonetheless. Throws Cien in. Here comes Vague. <laughs> oh! Behind the referee's back as well with a lovely Hurricane Rana. <laughs> and he's Strong hit the stairs. And that is the kind of interference that I can get used to. She's been vital for CN recently. Now CN setting him up for the Hammerlock DDT after the assist from Vega. Oh! Plants strong into the mat. There we go. One, One two, two, three. three. Fucking hell. And the 311 boy goes up against the boy from Scotland. It <laughs> does. I mean, unbelievable stuff there. I mean, Strong and Almas, the two superstars, having the, ba- having the best matches of their career at this point, And they are true workhorses for NXT. Yes, this is an explosive match where one superstar caught the other with a strike. They looked poised to earn the victory, only to have their opponent kick out. Oh. And, Vega's interpe- in- and Vega's interference was well done and adds another element to Almas's heel presentation. That will only help. Get him over as a legitimate main contender, uh, main event contender. Don't forget, tomorrow night, we are live for NXT TakeOver kickoff at 11pm. It is going to be huge. And now, well, Vega and CN aren't finished yet. They're coming over to the commentary team. Uh, Percy Jackson there, Percy Watson, Mario Ronaldo, and of course, Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> well, James, what do you think of that bold statement there by Vega? Well, Vega wants Drew McIntyre face-to-face with CN next week. And CN, I completely agree with him. Well, Vega has turned CN Do you know what killer. CN said? What did he say? You he said, that. I have the legend's birthday and I share it with <laughs> Mr. White. <laughs> I nearly believed you then for a second. Oh, my word. Well, what an episode of NXT has been, Dan. Eh? We, we had Lorkin and Birch teaming up. We had the Battle Royal. And, of course, the main event now that we just had with Roderick Strong. Losing yet again. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Shock the system. It is the undisputed era. 
Oh, no. Have they got unfinished business with Roderick Strong? Well, I think they have Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. <laughs> but they, what, they were talking to him in the car park, weren't they? I know Strong wasn't happy with it. Well, James, what are these guys doing? Do they mean business or do they mean pleasure? Uh, I have no idea. i tell you what I don't like. The armband of the Undisputed Era is too, too Nexus-y-like, <laughs> yeah. But the Undisputed Era are here, and like I said, what are they going to do? And Adam Cole's saying, why don't you join Undisputed? And this is why he's got the uh, armband. The crowd certainly want it. Oh, chanting yes. And what's Strong going to do? Don't do it, Roderick. Oh, no. Well, he's taken the band. Is he going to display it with pride? And what's Strong going to do? The Undisputed Era leaving the ring. And what an interesting question that has been asked on this episode of NXT as we move on to the next one. And uh, what a great episode of TV that was. The November 1st episode of NXT featured a long-awaited announcement of War Games' return to the wrestling world. What all went down and how may it affect the final build to the upcoming TakeOver War Games special in Houston? Well, we find out with this recap on the November 1st show. And we start off with Nikki Cross versus Tainara Conti. So here we go, Nikki Cross, oh, flying cross body, it would be, on Tanara Conte. And she's got her down, Conte trying to get away from Nikki Cross. And <laughs> Conte, any means necessary to get out of the ring. Nikki Cross is following her. And she's got Conte on the apron, but oh, Conte kicks away. Oh, but Nikki Cross opens the apron. Conte falls in. Traps her in the flaps. <laughs> and she just starts wailing away at Conte's head. And look how happy Nikki Cross looks, being able to beat up Tanara Conte. Definitely getting her... Come up and say she did last week getting eliminated from the Battle Royal. And now, at the moment, not getting any offence in at all. Conte holding on to that second rope. Cross just kicking a hand out from it. <laughs> oh, looks set to roll her up. But Conte with a kick to the head to Nikki Cross. And bounces the back of her head off the ring mat. Oh, and now Conte's letting out her vicious side. Grabbing hold of Cross's arm and just stamping the shoulder. Oh, a victory over Nikki Cross, who's now in the... Uh, Fate for a match for the women's title would be a huge victory and probably make her there with the, the you know, definitely contender in the women's division. But I think Nikki Cross kind of likes the punishment. She's she smirking. A bit of pain. Yeah, she's smirking at the moment. She hasn't got a cigarette in her gob, James. She's just smiling because she enjoys getting hit. <laughs> she wants Conte to do it again. And Tainara saying, yeah, I'll do that to you. I'll kick you in the face. Try and get you through an armbar. Cross rolls through. Oh. Punches her in the chest. Uh, and... Grabs her hand, spins it round, takes her out of a short arm clothesline. And a forearm. I don't know if Nikki Cross hurt herself there, but now she's trying to build momentum. Throwing her head first into the turnbuckle. Hangs her up in the tree of woe. This isn't looking good <laughs> for Conte. <laughs> Look at the aggression by Cross. Just kicking away at Conte. Dragging sleeper in. Dropped her right down. And now it's going to go for the spinning. Oh, Fisherwoman suplex. Two, three. Oh, wow. Over and done with it. Nikki Cross gets the victory that she wanted. This is exactly what it needed to be. A few weeks ago, Conti seemingly cost Cross the opportunity to compete for the NXT Women's Championship. This week, she got her revenge on the newcomer, punishing her and exercising that final demon standing between her and championship glory. Yeah, it's a solid, easy-to-follow story, and it makes perfect sense. And up next, we've got Johnny Gagano versus Fabian Eichner. 
And Ike, though, is Italian-born, don't you know, even though he's Fabian. Ike sounds so German, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. He's Italian-born, don't you know? Yeah, he's Italian-born, yes. I'm 68, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what... And he, uh, at the moment, even though he's been a bit back and forth, Ike finds himself on the outside. Catches Gagano, who leapt over the top and just drops him throat first onto the barrel. We saw Ike now a couple of weeks ago in NXT looking very impressive. And Johnny Gagano himself been a bit of a losing streak. Back after the break. And Ike now, Johnny, but you have to do a lot more than this. Oh, but Gagano's out wrestling him at the moment. Rolls through and a lovely kick to the head there. Can Johnny get some much-needed momentum in this match? Uh, he's, he's got to. He's, he's got to win this one. To try and get back up there. I mean, since the split of DIY, you see how affected he's been losing to CN. And other superstars as well. Gagana now blocking the chop by Fabio and now going with a clothesline. Well, is Johnny Gagano actually missing his tag team partner, Tommaso Ciampa? Uh, it'll be nice to see when Ciampa comes back. Eitner drops Gagano on the apron. Oh, but Gagano spears his way through the second rope to... Oh... Eichner managing to kick out. Ah. Eichner on the apron and Johnny's going to try and bring him in the hard way. Oh, but Eichner trying to bring Johnny out the even harder way. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Face first drops him in the ring. Now, what's Eichner going to do? Looks like trying to springboard in. Double springboard, but lands on his feet. Gagano over the top rope. <laughs> plants him with a lovely DDT. Two. Fr- oh. But Eichner somehow managing to lift his shoulder up at two. Two. And Clean it up a bit. <laughs> fucking hell. It's as if you're getting excited watching Eichner. I like a bull German, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Italian. Italian-born German. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's just the impact of this. And the Gagano sitting on his face. <laughs> oh, Johnny trying to pick up the pace. Going to put Eichner away. Picking him up. Oh, Eichner with the backslide. Throws Gagano stern and first into the turnbuckle hits him in the back for good measure goes charging into Johnny Gagano but he lifts his foot up straight into the face of Eichner uh, comes off the second rope but gets caught by Fabian and oh back break now by Eichner picks him up power bomb oh plants him to the mat one two oh <laughs> and Gagano they're managing to kick out ah. <laughs> well Eichner can't put away Johnny but we know how tough Gagano is. He just needs to be. This needs a, just needs a tick in the wing column this week. Eitner, of course, come up and lose an end to Cassius Ono. Forearms to Gagano, but he seems to like it. Well, he's firing him up and he's unleashing a flurry of forearms of his own. But, oh! Up, <laughs> tilt a well, backbreaker there from Eitner. Very impressive. We don't say that often, do you? <laughs> Nah. And now Eitner going to spring his way to the top rope. Oh, moonsault off the top, but Johnny lifts his knees up. And now backed up into the corner. Here comes Johnny. Step up kick for him. I think he knocked his jaw for that one. Here comes Johnny again. Spins him round. Going to go for maybe the Gagano escape. Oh, no. One, two, three. And Eitner rolls him up there for a cheeky victory. Wow. What a surprise. Eitner gets the victory here. In a very competitive match, I would say. It was very competitive. Yeah, didn't miss a beat. Great competition between the pair of these guys. My God, well, it has not gone Johnny Wrestling's way. This was not about Eichner's winning, but rather Gagano's continued losing streak. 
the desperation that will ultimately set in and unravel his once calm and fan-friendly demeanour will be incredibly fun to watch. There will almost certainly be big monumental win that reverses his fortunes, but for now, his story is one of the most interesting in the brand. Well, up next, we've got the NXT Championship contract signing. Street Profits outside. Well, we see Street Profits outside, and they're having an altercation with Moss and Sabatelli, and I don't think they want none. Here we go. Contract signing. Mate, my dreams come true. Here comes the man. That M would look good on the front of a T-shirt. Oh, they're fucking awesome on a T-shirt. Mr. NXT, the NXT champion with a title around on his shoulder, contract in hand. <laughs> he fears no man. Speak to me face to face and I'll give you a chance. Oh! oh. <laughs> well, not quite face to face, but feet to back oh. for CN. The 311 boy is wailing away. On the Scottish champion there. Uh, it's not been good for our guys being sneaked attacked during their entrances. <laughs> not at all. There's a contract to be signed. CN just beating down the champion is signing it. And look at Vega there with smirk on her face. She hasn't got a cigarette in her gob, James. She's, She's just Ian's smiling. <laughs> oh. She takes out a chewing gum and sticks the contract to Drew's chest. Well, that is disgust. Do not touch Drew's chest. Well, he's beaten down at the moment. And CN, my word. That's how us 311 boys do it, I'm afraid, James, in the big leagues, mate. You've got to have eyes in the back of your head. Uh. CN is the number one contender and in many ways is the hotter of the two superstars involved in this story. Still... After a year of jobbing, he needs these segments to build momentum, credibility among the fan base. This was effective in that it showcased how calculating he can be, not to mention the influence Vega has on him. It added heat to the upcoming match and elevated the significance of the rivalry. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> I think it's going to be a very good match. I mean, I know in my eyes, or in my head, I think it's going to win between McIntyre and CN. But you never know for a surprise. If the 311 boy does beat McIntyre, I'm going to hate you forever. But let's talk about another championship. It's a tag team championship. It's on the line right now. It's the rematch. We're finally going to see the Orphans playing get their rematch versus Sanity. Uh, this this should be a great match. We, we enjoyed it at Takeover, didn't we? So uh, most certainly, yes. And you know, we've we've each got shirts representing both sides of this team as well. There we have. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this match. Who are you backing here? Um, I'm backing the team that scared the shit out of you when we saw them live in Brighton, James. AOP. Yeah, I've got to go to the Orphans Pain in this one as well. They're a much stronger tag team. They've only lost once, and that was because Eric, yeah, it was a complete rule of a match. If you go back and look at it, how hardcore it was. In a, in a two-on-two situation, a normal tag team, Orphans of Pain might be at this moment in time the best tag team in the whole of the WWE. I'm going to say that right now. Anyway, here we go. Razor has just tagged himself in, beating down Eric Young. And of course, Alexander Wolf, yeah, the first German WWE champion in history, everybody. You like Alexander Wolf, don't you? You think he's fun? I do. I think he's great. Trying to beat down. He's my second favourite member of Sanity. <laughs> yes. What about Big Damo? What about... Uh, He's Kale- my third. Oh, Killian Dane. So, Eric Young's your least favourite member of Sanity. Or Nicky Crosses? No, it's not. You love Nicky Cross. We all know this. Eric Young backs Razor to the corner. I don't know. I just don't think he's got the momentum he should have had coming into it with Sanity. Yeah. Well, I tell you, he has got momentum. Alexander Wolfe, he just hit. 
Razor with a big boot, but he got distracted. Oh, for oh. fuck's sake. I can't put him up on his shoulders and just kind of threw him into the turnbuckles there. <laughs> Tags in his brother. And there he comes in. He's beating down Alexander Wolf, and this is what Wolf is a pain can do. And it's nice that Shield lent them their outfits for here tonight as they try and beat down Sanity. Well, Paul Ellering at ringside with the Authors of Pain, with years of knowledge, of course, with the Road Warriors. So he's been telling them what to do. Of course, Road Warriors did lose in their career. So how did they respond to it? I think that's the important thing. What we're going to see from the Authors, is are they going to be any different? We know how aggressive they are, but are they going to wrestle a little bit smarter? They are at the moment, aren't they? You know, They certainly are very intelligent wrestlers. You would think, you know, both these guys are huge men. And, you know, you just think of them to be a couple of Brock Lesnar's, but they're more like Brock Lesnar in his early days. Yeah. Actually yeah. being able to wrestle. Yeah, and how green they were when they first started. They've improved leaps and bounds, and I'm sure it is everything there and just the kind of way they've been booked. And they're just wearing down Alexander Wolfe at the moment. Don't forget, tomorrow, NXT TakeOver War Games, live kickoff at 11pm, and then Sunday at 10pm. 10. 10. 10. 10. At 10 p.m., we've got Survivor Series kickoff. We've got so much to bring you in the next coming days. Double boot by Alexander Wolf onto a calm, onto Razar. Which one's not got a tattoo? Razar. And a calm, desperate for the tag in. Alexander Wolf tags in Eric Young. Hot tag. Eric Young dodges Razar. And again, big right hands, big left hands. Both members of uh, Authors of Pain on his own. But Eric Young now reversing over the top of a calm. Looking to hit with a net breaker. Oh, hits it beautifully. I think Eric Young's been a much better tag team wrestler with Sanity than he was in singles competition. Maybe just because it helps tagging in. He's going to go for the elbow. Here comes Alexander Wolf. Oh, oh, lovely German suplex from him. Eric Young with the elbow. Coming off the top. Goes for the cover. Here we go. One. Two. Oh. A calm managing to kick out. Oh. Uh. And now Eric Young looks to put away Alexander Wolf back in the apron. Look at the power in the calm. Alexander Wolf gets a blind tag in. Alexander Wolf all the way to the top. Oh! Takes him out. Beautiful flying and he's lariat. Wheeling himself up. <laughs> Crazy. Beautiful flying lariat and tags Eric Young back in. Is this going to be the end of the Authors of Pain? A calm up. Oh, a calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Young going for the cover. Here comes Razor. Oh, breaks up the count. It looks almost certain to be a three. And Alexander Wolf not having any luck with a calm. Or oh, just as I say that, it's Razor. Oh, turns him inside <laughs> out with a clothesline. Nice. Young's back up. Oh, oh and he's God. back down again <laughs> yeah. from a big boot by a calm. Oh, this is all action at the moment. Are they going to go? Super Collider. Super Collider, and now it's time off the pain. Oh! oh the clothesline side Russian leg sweep. This is it. One, two. Oh! oh. The undisputed era <laughs> causes a disqualification there. Oh, come on. Well, the Officer of Payne would just about win tag team titles, and the undisputed era absolutely beating up Authors of Pain. Of course, don't forget it was O'Reilly and Fish. Come out and attack Sanity and now Wolfers of Pain have been caught up in it. They're trying to send a message to Alexander Wolf being caught by O'Reilly. Oh, here we go. Big Damo, Killian Dane coming down. 
and he could take <laughs> out all three members. And he is taking out all three members. Is him. Adam Cole. Oh, God. Bobby Fish. Mm, Kyle O'Reilly there. Double teaming. Oh, Killian Dane. Come on, Nicky. Take them all out. <laughs> Into the ring post. You can you crazy bitch. Orbs are painted down. This is all about the Undisputed Era with dominance. Terrible. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, oh, Dan. Roderick Strong. Is he going to join the Undisputed Beard Era? Well, he got the armband last week, didn't he? What's his decision? Oh, my God. He's still got it. He's going to join the Undisputed Era, you son of a bitch, Roderick Strong. Yeah, he's putting on the armband. Fucking hell. Oh, what a surprise, eh? The Undisputed Era have another member in Roderick Strong. And this could spell doom for the entire NXT. And look at them, all smirking. They've all got grins. Oh! oh! He's just attacked Adam <laughs> Cole and Bobby Fish and Carlo Riley. Oh, my word. And now he's being caught up for it, but the offers of pain back up. Palms way. And now a Karma Razor and Strong beating down the Undisputed Era. Well, is this a new team that we're seeing here? Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. The Authors of Strong Pain. Good, I like it. <laughs> fucking good, yes? Yeah, it's a good name. Well, the, success. Off, the Authors of Strong Pain there in the middle of the ring, throwing the armband, and Regal's out. Wow, it could be a three-on-three-on-three. Three on three. Oh, my God. They're going to meet a takeover. Triple threat match of takeover. And what match is that, Regal? What match we haven't seen in 20 years? Oh my god, look at the reaction! <laughs> Two rings, one cage. Two rings, one page. What? It's War Games! Holy shit! Oh my god! War Games is back! <laughs> look at Adam Cole! Who does that favour, James? Well, I don't know. Is it Sanity? Is it. Is it the Authors of Strong Pain? Is it the Undisputed Era? I don't know, but what bombshell needs we got at the end of this episode of NXT? And what another great episode it's been. I sound like Nigel McGillis. <laughs> <laughs> well, we move on to NXT 419. November 8th episode of NXT continues a long march towards TakeOver War Games, live from Houston on November 18th. Started off. And we started off with Heavy Machinery versus Sean Maluta and Chris Payne. Heavy Machinery returns to the NXT arena Wednesday night for another energetic squash match. This time, the opponents were Sean Maluta and Chris Payne. And they... Dozovich and Knight tossed their opponents around the ring. And at one point, the former executed the worm to perfection and added in an elbow drop for good measure. <sighs> So there's Dozovich's worm, <laughs> Dan, what do you think? He's got a big worm. Yeah, he's got a big worm. Together, the duo finished off its demolition of Maluta and Payne with the compactor. Well, never underestimate the quality of a fun squash match. With that said, we've seen this out of heavy machinery so often, at some point it must move on to something more significant. We saw this out of Baron Corbin years ago when fans grew tired watching the same thing happen for weeks on end and ultimately they turned on the arse kicker. A lack of depth in the tag team division creates questions about where the team goes from here. But NXT creative must figure it out before the team suffers unnecessary backlash. Great video package recapping last week's main event and the War Games announcements played before the Open. Chrissy St. Cloud interviews Ember Moon in response to a question about Mercedes Martinez's comments that she can't win. Moon says Mercedes can meet her in the ring next week and she'll prove her wrong. Well, anyway, next match is Kari Sane. It's Billy Kane. Here we go, Sane. 
wants to make an impact. Of course, you'll be in the NXT TakeOver match at War Games. And Billy Kay missed out last week in the Battle Royal, but was the uh, the last woman in. And Peyton Royce trying to help her out. Oh, Kai's saying dodging Peyton. She dodged it, though. Oh, but got caught with a cheeky away from behind. Goes for the cover. Oh. Only a kick out of one. One. Kai saying showing her toughness. Of course, winner of the May Young Classic. And Billy Kay upset. And maybe if she injures Kai saying can't make it, they might replace her with uh, Billy Kay. You never know what could happen. But saying is only a second match on NXT, so you've got to wonder. I'll say if you any nerves, we saw how she, good she was in the May Young Classic. Now Billy Kay picks her up. Got her up in a torture rack. Oh, my God. Asking, saying if she quits, saying, saying no. But Billy Kay pulls her off, going for the pin. Oh, my. All the weight down on her. Still can't get it. Carrie saying kicks out. Uh. And Billy Kay saying, look, this is what I'm going to do to you. Throws her into the ropes. Sane dodges it. Lovely spear takedown there by Sane. She's got Billy Kay. Chops her back. And again. That's knocking her into the corner. And look at the chops by Sane. And now she's marching. Because she'll be marching to victory. Oh. Runs in with that big forearm. Oh, but Peyton Royce up for the apron. Kyrie Sane just oh, kicks her off. That one, two. Oh. Oh. Spinning elbow there. <laughs> Knocks Billy Kay for six. Six. And as you look for the elbow off the top, we've seen her winning the May Young Classic with this move off the top rope now. Hits its mark. One, One two, three. My God, what a victory by Kari saying there. Beaten down a little bit by Billy Kay, but pulling through. Is she your favourite in NXT War Games for the title, Dan? No. No, who's your favourite then? I think Kari's saying... It's got to be one of the favourites. Nikki Cross, one of the favourites as well. But Ember Moon hasn't won the G. Will it be a chance at TakeOver? I'll give her the big one. And Peyton Royce also there. I mean, could she cause the upset of all upsets at NXT? Well, William Regal is in his office working on details for TakeOver when Cassius Ono knocks. Ono says he's had his ups and downs since returning to NXT, but he's been firing on all cylinders since winning his feud with Hideo Itami. And he's ready to get back to the championship mix. Ono has an idea for how he can face Lars Sullivan in Houston. Regal double checks to make sure he really wants to face the monster and then makes the match. Hang on a minute. So Ono, to be at TakeOver, wants to take on the monster who's been running for everybody, Lars Sullivan. I don't think that's such a great idea, but it'd be an interesting matchup at least. I mean, they're both... Ono bulked up a, a little bit, hasn't he? So in size, deep mismatch. But let me see a video package of the history of war games. With comments from Goldust, Arn Anson and Booker T. Dusty Rhodes' legacy and the brutality of their match were the main focuses of the piece. We see an interview with Zelina Vega and the 311 boy CN. Well, asked about their strategy, she said, one gets to know her plans, but Almas. The interviewer wants to ask Cien about their relationship, but she cuts them off, saying they have a past, but it's no one's business. People in NXT may have met the old Cien and have gotten a few wins over him, but now that they're allied with one another, no one can beat them. Andrade vows to win the title and threatens Drew McIntyre in English and Spanish to close the segment. Exactly, he's, he's bilingual. Well, up next is the Velveteen Dream versus Cesar Bononi, and... Uh, Benoni has previously scored an upset win over CN, but has failed to replicate that success. 
Let's see if he does any better against the Velveteen Dream. He's got a date with your man, Alistair Black. So the Velveteen Dream wants to send a message to Alistair Black before they face off. Over. So are we going to see maybe a more aggressive side to the Velveteen Dream at the moment? Benoni started this quite strong. He's a taller of the two as well. Rich Finn would be huge. He's got the Velveteen Dream up. But the Dream holds on to the top ropes. And oh, brilliant clothesline there. And the Dream's a different character than what we've seen. I don't think he's a, a gold dust rip-off. He has been different. And it's, a, it's an interesting character. And the kind of head games him and Black have had. If anybody can get in Black's head, yeah, you got Lars Sullivan beating him down. But this is a different challenge for him, isn't it? Or do you see it as a challenge for your man, Alistair Black? Um, well, you know, again, with Alistair Black, I don't think he's getting as worked up about not being acknowledged. or, or He's not getting worked up by Velveteen Dreamers as Velveteen Dream is not getting a response from yeah. Black. You know, it seems to be bothering Dream more than it is Alistair. But I tell you something, though, his performance in this one, the match is over already. Took a couple of offensive moves. He hit the kind of spinning Death Valley driver. Got the pin over Benoni. And like I said, he, he wants Alistair Black to know who he is. And I think this is the main thing. He wants to, you know, say to, he wants at least that respect. And I don't know if he's going to get it. Well, anyway, post-match promo from the Dreaming. Like I said, he gave Alistair Black what he wants. And now he's on Black's mind. At War Games, Alistair will say his name. Well, Ronaldo, McGuinness and Watson catch us up on Ruby Riot, who's been dealing with an ankle injury since she didn't tap out to Sonia Deville's ankle lock. We cut to the trainer's room where Riot finds out she needs a couple more weeks of rest. Deville comes in. She's mad Ruby didn't tap and blames her for the fact she's not in the women's title match in Houston. Riot doesn't want to listen to Sonia whine and make excuses, so she wants a match against her as soon as she's cleared. Deville says she's on and promises to break her ankle next time. Ruby tells an off-screen interviewer she'll be ready. So we're going to see Ruby Riot return, uh, probably after NXT TakeOver War Games, but... We see the Street Profits, and they're trying to bring the NXT Universe some swaggification by handing out their merch cups to passers-by. A delivery guy from Dry Keeners is looking for Tino Sabatelli, and Montez Ford says that's him. They start to check the suit out when Sabatelli and Riddick Moss walk up and take it from him. And then again, they again tell Ford and Andrew Dawkins to stop touching their stuff and ask if they want to be them. Dawkins suggests they'll set this in a ring, and Moss accepts. We learn that next week we'll get a Moon versus Martinez and a face-to-face between McIntyre and Almas. And up now is the main event, Roderick Strong versus Adam Cole. So Roderick Strong didn't accept Undisputed Era's uh, offer to be part of the group. Will he pay tonight? We know the Officer of Strong Pain will be at NXT War Games with the Undisputed Era, but will Adam Cole try and send a message? I've not been that impressed with him. Even though he did beat Eric Young in his first one-on-one match in NXT, of course, the leader of Sanity. Would you say Roger Strong's the leader of all for Strong Pain? <laughs> I'd say Ellering is. Right, last match now on NXT before we are live for NXT TakeOver. It's, so it's Roger Strong and Adam Cole, both men trying to send a message, trying to make sure their teams can have a victory on the way to NXT TakeOver War Games. And Adam Cole's just going to take his time. Of course, there's no O'Reilly and Fish. At ringside, and no at the moment. You've got to be wondering if they're watching on backstage along with Sanity. Oh, um, my God. Beautiful dropkick by Roderick Strong. 
Adam Cole getting out of the ring there to try and get some separation between the two. Getting followed out by Roderick Strong. Oh, my God. Huge knee there to the top of Adam Cole's head. And Strong there with his shoulder taped up. Still from the match against Cien. Cien, and that took a lot out of Roderick Strong to become number one contender. And now Roderick Strong getting back in the ring and Adam Cole using referee to get in the way. Oh. And he super kicks Roderick Strong out of the ring. Well, we're back after the break and Adam Cole has taken complete control of this match. We see with a huge Irish whip there and Roderick Strong hitting the turnbuckle and Adam Cole just wearing him down with the elbow. Very slow, methodical Adam Cole has been since joining NXT. The skinny Shawn Michaels. I don't think he looks that much like Shawn Michaels. I do in the face and the hair. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't he look like any long-haired? He looks like James Drake and uh, the other dude we saw on 205 Live. Yeah, he does, Joseph Connors. They both got long hair. They both wear pants. And uh, Adam Cole with a near fall. <laughs> fall. Yeah, there's a new one for you. <laughs> yeah, there's a new one for you, isn't there? Adam Cole now with the inverted triangle choke there, is it looking like? And now Strong trying to back him up. <laughs> back him up on it yeah he can't low at all again Adam Cole baby got him in the sleeper Adam Cole had to sleep in but Roderick Strong's trying to fight out of it oh Roderick Strong does fight out of it with a backbreaker and now Roderick Strong trying to get his breath back got some separation trying to get some momentum whoever gets to his feet is going to have a clear advantage in this match and what are the chances they both get to the feet at the same time not only that Adam Cole just beats him to it but they're exchanging blows in the middle of the ring. Punches and strong now with the chops. To the chops. Oh, and Baby into the top turnbuckle. Oh, and again, and no one puts Baby into the corner. <laughs> That's a good one. Roderick Strong, Irish rip. Cole reverses Strongman to leapfrog over. Oh, bouncing off the ropes and a clothesline takedown from Strong. Is he going to regret not taking him up on the offer to join the Undisputed Era? I think this is a question that needs to be answered, and it might be here. Roderick Strong saying, man, even though he's teaming up with a tag team in a weird way, he's got Cole up, maybe slamming him down. No, misses Cole. Oh! Fisherman suplex into a backbreaker there from Roderick Strong, but Adam Cole managing to kick out. Ah, maybe the mistake there, not hooking the leg by Strong, even though he's a bit frustrated. We know he can turn it on. Don't forget, you don't beat Bobby Reed if you're not a good wrestler. Cole with the suplex. Well, neither man has got a clear advantage in this match. Oh, what was that? Roderick Strong just kicked a tooth out of Adam Cole's head. Looked to go up for a backbreaker, but got caught with a knee. And a super kick from Adam Cole. And now he picks Strong up. Oh, my God. Drops him to the knee to the back of the head. Oh. Strong, though, managing to kick out. Oh, yeah. Huge net breaker there by Adam Cole. And his face is disgusted that he come down. But it's going to take more than that. Adam Cole's got a face like a slapped ass. Now he's thinking, what can I do? Maybe you can't beat them when you haven't got the numbers advantage, eh? And I don't care if you are taking off your elbow pad. I mean, some you know, some fans of him. And now he's looking to put Roderick Strong away. Strong managing to fight back with a couple of big forearms and a big knee to follow it up. Now he's got Cole in trouble, placed him on the top. Oh, this doesn't look good for Cole. Strong in trouble. And then Cole looked like he's going to hit an offensive move. Oh! Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Well, <laughs> a slam there by Strong and Cole might have broken his back. <laughs> Good. And now Strong going to go for the cover. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
O'Reilly and Fish out here looking to beat down. Don't you pair of fuck ugly cunts. Oh my god, looking to beat down Roger Strong. And no, I just want to make sure that the uh, member of the Undisputed Era is alright. Oh, but Strong's backup has arrived in the form of a Carmen Razar. And the Undisputed Era are going to run out of there like bitches. Well, Undisputed Era, they stand in their ground. Uh-oh. Sanity coming through the crowd. I don't want to be left out of this exciting mix. Oh, my God. And these are the three teams we're going to see for War Games for the first time in 20 years. Well, it does seem like one is not big enough to hold them all. Are we going to see it now? Oh, my God. Here we go. It's kicked off. And all these three teams slugging it out. I don't know who to go for here. I like Sanity. I like Authors of Pain. Just beat up the Undisputed Era. Beat up O'Reilly, Fish and Cole. Yes. Well, Killian Dane's got one of the Authors of Pain. Alexander Young, uh, Alexander Killian Wolf, <laughs> 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 yeah, Alexander Wolf with Kyle O'Reilly. There's Bobby Fish out the ring by Eric Young. Here comes O'Reilly now. O'Reilly onto the outside, and oh, Fish grabs Young. These two men brawling now. We're gonna see one of these men. And Alexander Wolf. Come on, Wolfie. No, he's not. Come on, son. Here he comes. Oh, pal. <laughs> Yes, my son. Sacrificed himself over the top. Now it's Strong and Cole. Oh, and Cole hits Strong. And the authors of pain are here. And this is this is all broken down into a complete brawl. Wolf struggling to get to his feet. And now Adam Cole. Oh, and Roger Strong up. And all these men to the outside. But, uh, and authors of pain. Killian Dane. Roger Strong! Oh, oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> Suplexes Adam Cole into the lot of them. And every man is down. It's skills! It's skills! And that is how we end <laughs> NXT for this week. That's how you end an NXT episode. My God. We only watched three of them, Dan. But how good was NXT update this week? NXT was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it really, really was. What was your favourite moment? What was your favourite bit? Oh... <laughs> I did thoroughly enjoy how good Nikki Cross looked in the Women's Battle Royal. Yeah, no, that was really, really good. And then it? my second favourite bit was a 311 boy attacking McIntyre <laughs> from behind and then disrespectfully sticking the contract to his chest. What's weird, I really, liked, I really liked Velveteen Dream beating up Alistair Black, leaving him in the ropes and saying, what's my name? Oh, was I that when Alistair Black immediately fought back and kicked him and scared him out of the ring? Didn't, yeah. Lara, who was too crying on the floor, <laughs> like a little... And Alistair Black, and unless he goes against real competition like McIntyre, it's going to be found out to be wanting a lot. What is interesting, though, is how great it's been. Yeah, I enjoyed Black versus Velveteen Dream kind of getting in your head mind games trying to beat you. The kind of story of War Games coming back, even though the authors of Pain and Roderick Strong together don't make a whole lot of sense, I'm enjoying it all because you've got the Undisputed Era there I want to see beating up, and you've got Sanity as well. The women's title looks really, really interesting. I, I think it's all good at the moment, you know, and even, like, the special things we get, like seeing Eichner and seeing... Um, Birch and Larkin. I think that's what I really enjoy NXT about. So what was better for you, 205 Live or NXT? NXT, of course. NXT was so much but better. But don't get me wrong, I did love seeing the British talent on NXT and I'd like to see, uh, on 205 Live and I'd like to see them either on NXT but I don't know how you could add to NXT without spoiling it too much yeah. or turning it into a two-hour show. This is the thing, at the moment, it's just perfect NXT, is, isn't it? It's going along, it's telling the story great. 
and you want to see UK guys, but like I say, you've, you've got to have time for it. And at the moment, every match on the card, apart from Cassius Ono versus Lars Sullivan, you would say everything else has had a really good build, you know, and there's five matches there that we're, we're really looking forward to. So before we go, don't forget, this is the start of a huge weekend. This is Friday night when we're releasing this. Tomorrow night, Saturday at 11 p.m., we are live for NXT for War Games. We're going to have the kickoff there. We're going to bring you all the rundown of the card, the latest episode of NXT. We're going to have games. We're going to do shout-outs, of course, and, and lots, lots more. And then on Sunday, Dan? On Sunday, we, of course, have the Raw versus SmackDown pay-per-view of Survivor Series. There's going to be a lot of interesting, intriguing matches. And again, there's going to be pay-per-view points up for grabs between me and James. And hope more leeway into not having to wear a T-shirt of James's choice for the whole of next year. Yeah, don't forget on Sunday night it starts 10. 10 o'clock. 10. 10. 10, 10 that's how you remember 10, it. 10. 10. Sunday night we start at 10 o'clock. So that's Saturday night we start at 11 p.m. 11, 11, 11. We're going to have all the links on Twitter, on Facebook and everything like this. On Sunday night, we start at 10 and we'll 10. briefing. And don't forget, we'll release the episodes. Well, they're going to be live and then the, we'll be watching NXT TakeOver War Games live. Of course, Fire Series live and we're releasing them in the upcoming week. So what a weekend it's going to be. Down at the moment, what are you looking forward to more right at this moment in time? TakeOver or Survivor Series? TakeOver. I just think the build-up has been a lot better. You know, all these matches, they all seem very personal as well. Um, you know, the McIntyre-CN match seems really personal. The fatal four-way between Nikki Cross, um, Ember Moon, Kari Sane and Peyton Royce. Yeah. Like, you know, all women, all the women have earned their spot into this match. Uh, War Games match itself... Looks very interesting, intriguing. See if they can do any better than the previous war game yeah. we've watched, which yeah, was you fucking hate terrible. That. Yeah, it was one of the best war games ever, but Dan hated it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Don't forget, all we'll bring it to you all live. Follow us on the WNR Podcast and how well we're on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. We've also got a friend on Twitter. Yes, we have. It's Mini Chris Benoit, and he's just trying to make the world a better place, and you can follow him at Mini Chris Benoit. And don't forget, I'm at J underscore Rollins, Rollins Rants there. We're across all the Google platforms, the WNet Review on Google+. Plus. You can send us an email, the WNet Podcast at gmail.com. Across Facebook. Yes, we're on Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. All the latest clips going up there. Podcasts go at the same time. to do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got a live show. So don't forget, well, there was going to be a link there. Don't worry. We'll have a link on our Twitter pages on Facebook where you can click the link on Spreaker or just find us at WNR Podcast on there. We're on Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe rate and review there I have been James Rollins and as always always joined by Dan White thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow for the live shows bye bye <laughs>